Get your ride ready for spring driving with Dobbs Spring Break Deals. Money saver deals you can use on Goodyear, Pirelli, Cooper, Michelin, and General Tires. Expert auto service, too. Click on GoToDobbs.com for spring break deals now. For over two decades, E&B Granite has been St. Louis's trusted name for kitchen, bathroom, and outdoor space renovations that are guaranteed to bring new life into your living spaces. Their skilled team will provide you with personalized customer service, fast turnaround times, and prices you won't find with big box stores. Support local and schedule free consultation at enbgranite.com or call them at 314-645-9300 or better yet, stop by the showroom and explore their massive inventory. Again, that's enbgranite.com. Time now for the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Payoff pitch, this one to left center. That ball is long gone. A mash job off the bat of Austin Riley. Let's get nasty on a Tuesday. It's a fast lane on 101 ESPN with Andrew Marsh and Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stoltz. Appreciate you joining us. 203, your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Well, uh, Jamie, I was hopeful. I was hopeful that Jake Woodford would have himself a good debut. Uh, it did not go well. What? What are you talking about? Yeah, it did not go well. <laughs> like at all for Jake Woodford. Oh, man. We can kind of cut through the crap. That's not That stuff is not going to play. Not going to play at the big league level as a starter or otherwise. Great it- spring training. I don't want to erase the spring training, but that was that was a legit offense he faced last night with big time boppers. And those big time boppers said, "You're going to throw me a, a four seamer, center cut. I'm going to I'm going to launch it to the arch." That's what Austin Riley did in the first inning. Austin Riley nearly hit our studio at. Budweiser Brew House. Yeah. Went through a window and hit the hit hit the table we were sitting at. That was a massive tater off the off the bat of Austin Riley. It was a bad pitch. Bad pitch, bad stuff. He, I mean, I I Ollie Marmel, we'll hear we'll hear from him. We can hear from him from him on his on uh, Jake Woodford's performance and all that. And I know Ollie felt as though as the game wore on, his stuff looked a little bit better. But again, four seamer threw to Riley in the first inning center high no problem Anthony he had more swing and miss than any other pitcher so far this year that's not saying much and you know it but this, what does that say about your staff it, the staff we'll get to the staff let's just stick with Jake Woodford Fine, for Anthony, we'll just stick to whatever you want the sinker he threw to Arcia second inning <laughs> that thing that thing barely dropped on six different occasions last night the Braves had exit velos of over 100 miles an hour on batted balls against Jake Woodford only it's not good mm. Not good. Nothing that you saw last night would give you any any indication, any hope that he could stay in the rotation when Adam Wainwright okay, is healthy again. I'm sorry. I have to push back here a little bit. Sure. Go for it. Uh, the reason I'm pushing back is not for Jake Woodford. Not saying, not even suggesting that, oh, he can do it. But what did he do so much worse than some... Look at Miles Michaelis' opening day. That sucked, too. Oh, well, the balls, yeah, they found their way. It just, you know, bad luck. They, they put up how many runs on him? Jack Flaherty, I know no runs and no hits, but seven walks. He was all around it except in it, you know, the strike zone. And so... Glad you clarified. Yeah, of course. And Jake Woodford, last night, it wasn't pretty. There's no doubt about it. I'm not sitting here trying to put lipstick on a pig at all. But how is he any different? Why should he feel more of the wrath than some of the other guys who have stunk up the joint? 
I'm not saying he should feel any worse. Any, I mean, like play, whole, well, this is unacceptable. When Adam Wainwright comes back, he's out. Well, what he about the sucked other guys? last night. Huh? Who? What did you say, BT? He sucked last night. He did. I know he did. But so did do the you, other guys. Do you think I gave all, any of the other guys a free pass? They've, they've all stunk thus far. I think you did, because it's easy to pick on the little guy, Anthony. Everybody likes to pick on the little guy, because oh, poor Jake Woodford, you know, he should be down in Memphis. And, uh, if anybody was so much better than them, Dakota Hudson would be here. Other guys would be I think Libertor would be here. They didn't do it, though. And Woodford stunk. There's no doubt about it. So you're missing my point. Again, as always, you get that look on your face like someone farted in your mouth. Did Woodford pay you or something? This is weird that all of a sudden you, like... You come out of the gates hot. No, but I'm just tired of, like, everybody just isolating. Like, Jake Woodford, the, the low guy on the ladder, he's not your freaking problem. He pitched last the night, The guys Jamie. at the top of the damn food chain didn't do the job either. Hey, if we're to sit here every day and talk about opportunities for young guys and you got to take advantage of the opportunities... Yeah, he pit Jake Woodford pitched last night. Miles your- Michaelis pitched last Thursday. We talked on Friday how he stunk. Yeah, but it's Yesterday just... Yesterday we talked about Flaherty was... Some good, what? some was, great, was some mid. terrible. Montgomery was mid. He was totally mid. So what are we doing here? So why don't we just talk about the pitching staff as a whole, Anthony? Do you do you feel like I've been too hard on Jake Woodford? You've been way too hard on Woody. You think I've been hard on Woody? Yeah, very much so. To the point where I'm I'm uncomfortable about it. Okay, I think he did a well, good get job. Get comfortable. Now I'm not gonna ever be comfortable with that because I pull for the young guy. I I like the underdog. Okay? Uh-huh. And this is not me defending Jake Woodford. It's me pointing out that the rest of the pitching staff has been absolutely inadequate as well. There's no argument on that. But there is because you isolated Woodford. Well, because yeah, he pitched last night. So what? Now, as a group, you're looking at it going, they suck. There, boom. You don't have to be like, well, Jake Woodford. You know, mm. Whatever. First of all, first of all. Steven Matz hasn't thrown yet, so we don't know if he sucks. Yet. I hope he doesn't. In all fairness, he we have no our, idea if Matt sucks this year. He might be our savior. Might have to be. Oh, my. To your point, Jamie, the rotation is stunk. You're right. Miles Michaelis, I wasn't buy, buying the whole, oh, there's only a bunch of soft stuff. Okay, we'll bounce back the next time then. Everybody else, Flair, Flaherty was an enigma. Hmm. Montgomery was, again, mid. Last night wasn't good. Honestly, I... Th- I know! That I- stuff won't play, Jamie. Oh, thanks, Captain Obvious. In this rotation, or any rotation. Oh, here, it's head scout over here. I think it's pretty bad that the offense couldn't score nine runs last night. I, you know what, Marshy? <laughs> this is your fault. <laughs> it's, it, it, if, if anybody's fault, it's the offense for not scoring nine runs. They left a lot of guys stranded on base, that's for sure. <laughs> You can't give me nine runs a game with this rotation. We're screwed. <laughs> hey, what is our home run derby rule, by the way? Is it first home run in the game, or is it the first Cardinals home run? First Cardinal. No, it's usually first home run. Oh, of the you're game. just saying that because Anthony no, won yesterday. Yeah, so funny story. Funny story. You'll love this because you know me. I get brain damage. So you'll love this. Oh, that's, I don't love that. <laughs> well, about me, not anybody else. Um, so I'm watching the game, and Paul Goldschmidt hits his gets his hit right away. And I'm yeah. like, I texted you guys. There's One. Goldie's double. This ish is easy. Yeah. Okay. Fast forward into the game. I'm watching the game with my girlfriend, and Goldie hits a bomb, and I celebrate. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, Goldie's my I guy. Go- I know where you're going with this. <laughs> She's like, oh, you picked him for the home run. I'm like, yes. 
No, no. I did it. <laughs> I'm like, damn it. I picked him for the hit. <laughs> Not the home run. I wish you texted us. Oh, I wish you didn't realize it until you texted us. I wanted to us. save it for for now because I was like, I have to bring this up tomorrow. One of the last things you said in, in on yesterday's show was, I you'll, you'll be happy for both of us because you said that you, you had Goldie for the hit and I had him for the home run. So you were. You were celebrating. I mean, I was happy, but then I didn't realize why I was happy. I didn't it know was it was an emotional roller coaster. It certainly was. It had to be. Yeah. I... I was going to ask you guys about the the home runs. So it's first home run in the game. We always play first Cardinal. home run in the game. No, I thought it was, uh, to me it was first Cardinal to hit a hit a home run. We need clarification. We Listen, guys, this is a work in progress because the hit streak is both teams. The problem is this right. though. Maybe we'll have to isolate the Cardinals because the problem is this: with the rotation right now, the way it is, we're always going to be giving up home runs. <laughs> yeah, he's not. He's not lying. He's like, how do you compete? Truth over here. Top of the first, Bonzilla right. hits. Exactly. We're all eliminated? Like, no, we come on. Here? Maybe we'll play a new game. How many how many innings can the starter go mm. under a certain amount of pitches? You'd have to set the under, the, the over-under at like three and a half. Because, why, like, the pitch count is getting way too high, way too quickly. Do you know why? Because I can't can find the <laughs> Because they're not getting out. Yeah, that's, that's one way to put <laughs> it. A lot of bases. Or they're clearing them. You're Austin Riley and Ronald Acuna Jr. Ozzie and Ozzy Albies and almost Orlando Arcia. Uh-huh. Why don't you just rename? Why don't you just name the rest of the lineup? I might as well. It's a good thing cut the, the Braves don't have anybody that can hit. This isn't this isn't uh, yeah right. This isn't Alec Burleson's fault. But where the hell was he playing on the one on the Arcia double? Was he was like was he getting oh, yeah. a drink at, at Ballpark oh, yeah. Village? You know what? Hang on, I got a beef. Not that to he would have caught it, but with Canadian bacon, our guy Tyler O'Neill, that one home run that just barely got over the wall. Yeah, there was much. What effort. the hell is he doing there? Jordan Walker looked distraught when he couldn't pull his that that one back. No, but Tyler O'Neill. O'Neill was like, man. One, he timed the jump completely wrong. I thought at one point I'm like, he needs eye surgery because his timing was no depth perception on that. And then he still almost hit the ball with his glove when his glove wasn't even open trying to catch the ball. If I'm a pitcher, I'm fighting him in the clubhouse. hundred percent. If I'm Jake Woodford, I'm coming in and I'm whapping him. I'm saying, you son of a... You know what? You could have at least made an attempt at that. I know I suck, but that was a terrible effort. And there's a guy on the other team that set the standard on how to jump a fence. Yeah. Ozuna How was to over climb there. a wall. We could have used was him on that play. By that effort. I the, mean, he, he he sucked at defense, but at least he tried. The only one proud on that effort was Ozuna. <laughs> Singing himself, now that's a way to go Didn't back to the wall. Didn't you think that was a piss poor effort by Tyler <laughs> yeah, O'Neill? Especially when you saw Jordan Walker go back and at least, I mean, it, for a second, you didn't know if Jordan Walker came came down with that thing. So to watch that one compared and to O'Neal. And then he like gives it that complimentary little jump at the wall. Then he realized, as it happened, I saw his eyeballs too. He looked and went, oh crap, I really could have had that one. I probably look pretty bad right now. You could see it in his face. And I was like, yeah, you do. You look like an ass right now. If I'm on your team, I'm challenging you. Mm-hmm. I don't care how many push-ups you can do, how many curls you can do. Don't care at all about that. Probably a lot. Guy's ripped. Probably. Looks like Randy Carricker. Well, of course. Yeah. We got a text Randy from... Randy stopped in. Randy, come okay. in here for a second, please. I'd like about? to get your opinion on something yes. real quick, because we're up against the clock. Anthony gets mad at me all the time anyway. But... <laughs> the bosses get mad at me. Oh, I know, right? <laughs> Is Tyler O'Neill, piss poor effort on that one home run? <laughs> uh, in no. a word. <laughs> no, 
it's oh come on. Jimmy Edmonds would have had that. <laughs> Here's the one thing. of the best center fielders I ever play. I I don't want to disparage Tyler O'Neill, who's a hell of an athlete and a hell of a player. But he's also an injury waiting to happen. I was waiting to see if you went that route. He's if he runs into a wall, if he runs too hard, you're either going to get a broken bone or a hammy. Well, then and then he can't he can't play in my outfield. I want guys who leave it out there. Yeah, wow. yeah I want guys to leave 34 in the stands. So, Positive 34 in the stands. Here's the thing, though. I would say a healthy Newt Bar, Carlson. I don't know about Jordan Walker yet. Um, of Newt Bar, Carlson, uh, and O'Neal, I would take the other two in center field ahead of him. Mm-hmm. He wants to ahead play of, center field. Ahead, ahead of O'Neal. Well, I know he does. But yeah. he, like that, I'm sorry, that effort I watched last night, whether he's injury prone or not, he was like two inches from the ball and he didn't even try. Had he tried, I think he could have got it. That's yeah, a pretty hard play. I would have had it. And Jamie. Not, <laughs> Jamie would have made it. Here's, would Harrison Bader have had that ball? Yes, but Harrison Bader doesn't play Mm. What, uh, about, what about Marcelo Zuna? Yeah, no, you probably have an outline on the wall. He would have scaled it fine. <laughs> yeah. He would have been nowhere yeah. close in terms of where the ball actually landed. Jordan but Walker would have had it here's if he was playing the thing. center field. I want Tyler O'Neill stepping up to the plate. I don't want him risking injury. And I think every time he do- tries to do something spectacular, this is just the way it's been with him. Well, then put him as a DH. That's he's, it. If he's, he's not going to play but Jamie, defense. But he, he, he was a gold glove left fielder. And put him back in left field. I don't disagree with that at all. I don't disagree with that at all. You guys have a great show. Right, That's Randy Carrick's opening drive. By the way, I gave up a uh, Hall of Fame. First time since January of 2022. I heard that. I heard and it yesterday. And so... Uh, but then I hear what you guys are doing. I don't feel so bad. No, you oh, shouldn't. No. Should. no, that's fair. No. We've been terrible. We're playing rope a I know you are. Are we? I well, don't think so. You guys have set the rules up against yourselves <laughs> yes, so dramatically. Yeah, a little bit. I yeah. would get killed. I would get killed if I was playing by the rules that you guys are uh, no, We're trying, Randy. Not we're one trying. bit. Yeah, you, Randy? Yeah, ask me what kind of dog is the largest or whatever. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm not getting that one, Jamie. <laughs> Neither do we. <laughs> yeah. See you guys. Have a good day. See you, Randy. See you, Randy. That's Randy Carricker, the one and only opening drive. Don't forget, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. with Kerry Davis and Brooke Grimsley. It's the Fastlane on 101 ESPN. Depth is great until you need it. That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Andrew Brandt once said, depth is great until you need it. It's Fastlane on 101 ESPN. Lars Newpar placed on the 10-day injured list retroactive to March 31st with a left thumb contusion. It's a bruise, I think. Yeah, he basically took a ball off the thumb. Or he... Uh, he slid in a third base. Yeah. On uh, opening day. Didn't have the oven mitt on. No, he didn't. Nope. So I wonder you, if that would have helped. You've often talked about the oven mitt, yeah, and I'm sure it would have helped him. I think it looks ridiculous, but apparently it helps. It must help. Yeah, he suffered that injury again last Thursday, sliding into third base. Juan Yepes was recalled from AAA Memphis. Yepes back. Yepes back. Wow. You know, I thought to myself as I was thinking about, you know, we had the conversational over and over and over again about the outfield and how you're going to get abs for certain guys, and what about this guy, and what about that guy, and how do you, you know, make sure that you're managing things. Thought about Dave Duncan, Papa Dunk. 
it'll figure itself out. And here we are, and it's uh, it's figuring itself out. Lars Newbar unfortunately was injured, but it's a it's a reminder, Jamie, that not all five guys or four out the four outfielders are going to be healthy and productive all season long. And at some point, I imagine you're going to trade one of these guys, get yourself some pitching help. At least we hope. But in the meantime, you've already got one guy hurt, and it's freeing up some some playing time for Alec Burleson, who stung another ball last night. First inning. Oh, yeah. Whack. Solid. Right up the middle. You know what I like about Alec Burleson? His offense. He reminds me of a guy that could be playing on my softball team, too. Totally. Not yeah. to the Daniel Vogelbach. No, no, no. no. Status, We're not going there. But, yeah, I know what but, you're saying. Uh, Burleson, oddly enough, is a burly gentleman. He is. Barrel chest, beard. So he's out, like, chopping wood in the afternoon, comes out, hits baseballs at night, then goes and drinks a case of beer. Bourbon. Or, yeah, no beer. You're right, big, beer. Big sure. old case of, like, bush. I was, I was thinking the same thing. Or original yeah. cores. Yeah. Do you think he could hit a ball? A Farther than Anthony, though, softball. That's yeah, the real oh, yeah. question. Yeah. You think so? Absolutely. Obviously, oh, God. There's that no guy doubt. can hit a ball, man. But does he have the swag? Mm. No. No, he does that not Anthony have the has. swag. No. no. Okay. Uh, no. No. But nonetheless, um, he, he's hitting the ball right now. And good on him. Because he's going to have to continue to do that to keep getting his opportunities. Well, we asked, I asked BT yesterday, said, what is the game plan for Alec Burleson moving forward? What is Ollie's game plan? And BT said flat out, Ali likes him. Ali likes him. Was hoping that he he would make the the roster. Didn't know how the kind of the roster, the number crunch, so to speak, was going to play itself out in spring training. Lo and behold, Alec Burleson finds himself on on the the opening day roster, and winds up hitting, you know, the home run on Sunday. And he's been in the he's been in every lineup except for the opening day, the opening day lineup. We seen him DH. We seen him in left. At some point, maybe Goldie gets a day off, and I mean it won't be for a while. But Alec Burleson can play first base for you if need be. He's he's probably going to get his his at bats. Well, he's hitting the ball. Why wouldn't he? You're going to see you're going to see rotation throughout the course of the season. If you hit, you play, Jamie. And I think that that's the way it has to be. With this current outfield, you hit, you play. I mean, who who is lights out above the rest in defensive play? You could argue, oh, Tyler O'Neill's got a couple of gold gloves in left field, but I'm watching him in center field, and it's no Picasso yet. Boy, you are down on your Canadian brother. I just like effort. It's called accountability. It's called full throttle all the time. That's the way it is. Want to hold Jake Woodford accountable? We're going to hold Tyler O'Neill. He's not. A, he's not Canadian. Oh. I did hold Jake Woodford accountable. I all of them. Well, you gave I him a pass. No, I didn't. You threw it right in. If the, you listen to the segment the rotation. properly, no, it's a rotation. It is. It's all of them. Why are you picking on them? That's, that was you. First segment. Well, it's easy to isolate one person, right? When all crap is breaking loose. That's what you did with Tyler O'Neill. You're isolating one person. It was well, one play last night, and the Braves came a big came in here and beat your wheels off. The other guys tried. Anyways, I think that uh, your outfield right now has to be if you hit, you play. Bottom line: keep everybody motivated. Keep everybody. On their toes, so to say, but it's not like a like a, a fear thing. Just this is the way it is. We got a lot of guys that can swing a bat here. If your bat cools off for whatever reason or the offense dries up, then you're gonna find yourself on the bench. Because with our rotation, we've got to put up eight or oh, nine a game. Jamie. Come on. 
Again, in fairness to Stephen Matz, who we'll see tonight, we don't know what he's going to look like. I, I wish him nothing but the best. I hope he comes out tonight and shoves for six scoreless innings. I would love it. He'd be a unicorn on this deck. Oh, wow. We did get a text from the 6-1 hate. Mo and DeWitt <laughs> won't go get the number one or two pitcher. Just another dumpster diving session. Notice how he didn't say Michael Gersh in there. The yeah, telltale sign. It's interesting. <laughs> it's very as interesting. Piece, as we piece together yeah. the 618. And in all actuality, it is Michael Gersh texting us. He didn't from mention that number. Him. Yeah. I think he's wrong, though. I think Mo has gotten at least a couple number two pitchers. We've seen them already this year. I wouldn't even say they're two, would you? I'm thinking of a direct number two, Anthony. Oh, I got what you're doing there. Mm-hmm. It's going to be who's available, too. We had this conversation yesterday. Swan asked us a question in the Sports Six Pack. Who's going to be available? We don't know. For what? At the deadline. Oh. Max Scherzer, Max Scherzer is a free agent. Aaron Ola is a free agent. They're pitching for contenders. <laughs> I mean, well, the, the way Phillies are playing, maybe not. But I would still, I would still think that the Phillies, who are 0-4 right now, to start the year, I would still think that they're they're going to sign Aaron Nola to a long-term deal. Why not? They've signed everybody else. But he's a free agent. Again, Scherzer's a free agent. You're, but you're not going to get Scherzer. Exactly. Your top, what I'm saying is the, the, the guys that are typically Jeez. available, the rentals, are, are guys that are going to be free agents at the end of the year. And when you look at the free agents for next year and isolating the starting pitchers, and not only just starting pitchers, to the 6-1-8, I mean, Michael Gersh is tax <laughs> poor Gershie. you're not you're you're isolating the top end pitchers guys that can be one or two for you they're not available now maybe if you know marsh yesterday or yeah i think yesterday you said what about logan webb who's, who's a, the ace for the giants young cost controlled legit number one it cost you at least mason win and everybody balked at that if you want, if you want a top end dude, better get uncomfortable with what you're going to give up, because it's not going to come cheap. So it's not just about having the huevos rancheros to go out and make the trade. You want multiple names out there, because it's only one guy, and everybody else going for him. Yeah. that's going to drive up the price. So we'll see. We'll see what happens at the Should've deadline. Been done in the offseason. Who are you going to sign? Anybody at this point. <laughs> Verlander. The Cardinals, the Cardinals will host the Braves tonight, 645, Stephen Matz versus Dylan Dodd, a lefty. Let's go, offense. Let's win this game 98. Good question. Gorman in the lineup? Yeah, no. See? Why? I'm with you. Doesn't make any sense to me. I'm with it's you. It's like putting an elevator in an outhouse. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, could be a big outhouse. The big LHP. That's yeah. why. I know. It's dumb. Give him a chance. UConn won last night. Nobody was watching, but they destroyed San Diego State. As our guy Jamie would say, San Diego State finished third last night in that national championship. Beyond the game, that was UConn's what, fifth win since 99? Fifth championship? Three different coaches. How the hell did you build a winner like that, Jamie? You're going to tell us next on 101 ESPN. Oh, yeah, absolutely. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, 
quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. just mostly proud of the way that we've done it and with the type of people that we've done it the way we you know recruit young players develop young players you know we, we do it without cheating we do it without uh without lying you know it's it's truly been building a program and a culture you know i'm, I'm lucky i have the best coaching staff in the country that attracts these incredible you know types of players that was uconn basketball coach Dan Hurley following last night's victory. Uh, Jamie, you had a point about when he brought up the cheating. Yeah, who's cheating anymore? I mean, they all are kind of, right? It's all legalized cheating now, isn't it? It's not cheating when it's allowed. But yeah, so I don't understand mm. that comment. The lying part, yeah, there's a lot of lying in recruiting. It's horrible. I actually feel terrible for some of these young athletes because they get promised the world and told anything they want to hear about, and then once they get there, it's like, you can't leave. <laughs> no. And guess what? Mm-hmm. The guy starting in front of you is going to be here another year. <laughs> I mean, another two years. So get comfortable. But no, I, I don't understand the cheating part of it. NAL money is everywhere. It's all around us. It's all around us. So UConn cruised to a national title on Monday night in Houston, leading more than 34 minutes in that game to defeat San Diego State, 76-59. Again, as Jamie uh, likes to say, San Diego State finished third in that one. That was not I feel so bad close. for them. Yeah, they had a nice season. They had a nice run. They did. A, they did have a great run, but you know, I, I feel like UConn, even though they're you know a four seed, San Diego State was a five seed. I feel like there was a significant difference between these two clubs. Oh, not just last night. It wasn't just a one game thing. Like I'm no. talking, like if they played in a seven game series, it would be four games, pretty quick work. Absolutely. Maybe UConn falls asleep for like one of those games or something. Uh, half. Maybe. Yeah, half. Uh, but UConn, UConn destroyed everybody. In the NCAA tournament this year, I mean, none of their games. So I think yeah, I think they were like fourth ever for their point differential for the tournament, as far as how badly they beat their opponents. Like fourth all time, and they came out of one of the toughest regions. I, feel, I think they came out of the toughest region. The when, Big East? No, no, no. The the NCAA. Yeah, well, they played in the Big East, but the NCAA tournament region that they played in that was the same one as Kansas and, and Gonzaga and UCLA, and uh, I mean that that was not an easy road for. UConn. Nonetheless, it was the Huskies' fifth national title, tied for the most all-time. All five of UConn's titles have come since 1999. That's the most of any team in that span. I feel like they've quietly just done this. Exactly. Like, UConn, obviously, it's, I don't want to say it's a blue blood program, but based on the championships, I think it has to be considered in that group. 
hundred percent. Yet they've outkicked all of those blue blood programs. Yeah, if you think of blue blood, you're talking about Duke and, and North Carolina Kentucky, and Kansas you know, like, and Kentucky uh, uh, and yeah. uh, you know UCLA. You're talking about that, that's the blue bloods. Yeah. UConn has more titles since 1999 than all of them. I was shocked when I heard that stat. Each of UConn's last four titles is interesting too. Each of UConn's last four titles were all won in Texas. That's the most by any team in a state in the NCAA tournament. In, in NCAA tournament history, Huskies now join Kentucky, Kansas, and North Carolina as the only schools to have at least three different coaches lead their school to a national title. This is what I find more, most interesting. So as we move on, you know, we, we, we talk about UConn, but then we move the conversation. We, we make it bigger. 99, 04, and 2011, well, they were all coached by the great Jim Calhoun. 2014, Kevin Ollie won that one. Dan Hurley, who you heard coming into the segment, uh, led the the Huskies this season. Three different head coaches, two different decades, or three different decades technically, right? Or four. 99. What's that? Four different decades. They have won five, five national championships. How? How do you how do you build this with different faces? Not only the I mean the players are different all the time. Calhoun won three. Other two won by two two different head coaches. So three different head coaches during a span like that. And as you mentioned, Jamie, you were shocked to hear it was UConn. Yes. That has that that has more titles since ninety nine. So as we look at programs and franchises and teams and that, how do you build a sustained winner like this? I think it goes back to that culture aspect. And I go back to the conversation that you and I had with Todd Stottlemyer on opening day when we were sitting at Ballpark Village. And he was talking about signing with the Cardinals, getting pretty good free agent money to do so. And then he sees himself in a batting cage with, was it, was it Gibby that he would know? It was uh, Lou, Brock. Lou Brock was throwing Todd Steidelmeyer batting practice. batting practice. And he was yelling ball when he was throwing so he would know the timing of when to start to swing. Yeah, so he could see it out of the hand because yeah. Todd Steidelmeyer had, had been pitching in the American League, didn't Correct. have to worry about hitting. So you got Lou Brock saying that. You had Gibby telling Todd Stoudemire, "Hey, start start to uh, work on the the outside of the the plate a lot more." Mm-hmm. And Gibby, of course, known for throwing throwing inside. But as Gibby told Todd Stoudemire, and he was relaying the story to us, it was more about when I when I when I threw inside, everybody felt that everybody knew. I, th- I was buzzing the tower on purpose. It doesn't mean though that I w- I, I mostly worked outside in the National League. You had two legends talking to a guy, making free agent money, coming in, talking to them about a team that they didn't even play for anymore. That is culture. And I'm sure that for the Yankees or the Green Bay Packers or, you know, the Montreal Canadiens back in the day, that culture winds up being there no matter what team or what faces or what coaching staff is is in place, Jamie. And I think that's what... That's the biggest takeaway I have with UConn. There's something I don't know what it is. I don't know what the 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 nugget is for you for UConn, but clearly they have a culture that has, I mean, that that, that with outstanding roots. Yeah, I think I think what's what's happened here is it the torch has been passed along from coach to coach to coach, and each coach is continuing to carry on the tradition of Jim Calhoun. Or yeah. Tom Calhoun. No, Jim. Jim yeah. Cal- yep. Tom Calhoun's the voice of the blues. Anyways, um, carrying that on to where when you heard, you know, I, I didn't poke fun at so who's cheating? You know, when you hear Hurley talking about that, but that's part of who they are now. And they're not lying to kids. They're bringing kids in. I know that they uh, they did tremendous work in the transfer portal 
grabbing kids that were maybe lied to in other programs or promised the world and not given that opportunity. They brought him into UConn and obviously created a championship team. So if that's the case, if you're an outsider looking in and you see that kids who are being recruited by UConn are getting the fair opportunity, the good coaching and a great culture and obviously successful program, Mm -hmm. that's a bonus. But if you're a kid at another school or a family at another school where your son is playing and you've been lied to or promised the world and things aren't going the right way, you're starting to look over at UConn and go, man, we talked to them briefly Maybe they'd be interested, and you start you, now. You start dragging people over there, and when you're successful, when your program wins, let alone a national championship, but when you win overall, that speaks for itself. If you're doing things the right way and you're winning, people want to be there. Definitely, even in you, even even in stores, huh, Connecticut, where you you have kids that you know probably probably can't find most most kids can't find uh, Connecticut on a map. Because they're getting recruited to, to, to go maybe play in L.A. with UCLA or they're getting recruited to these big-time programs with the expectation of a one-and-done. They're going to be in the NBA. But at UConn, they're building something they're, they're building something more. And I'm not saying not, you know, other programs aren't doing the same. I think Dennis Gates is trying to do, is trying to do that very thing at Mizzou. And one year down, he's, he, he has had success. I think there's, there's a different way to do it in college basketball when you're not Kentucky or you're not KU or you're not Duke or North Carolina and whatever it has to be a different way and whatever it is at UConn they they have certainly figured it out so congratulations to them I also won the bracket madness challenge but uh Mike Ryder informed me that I will not be getting a $250 gift card to Fanatics and I will not be getting a 101 ESPN prize pack I think you should seek counsel on this one because I don't remember that ever being a part of it but you know whatever it's ridiculous I actually tied Congratulations to the other person that tied. Andrew. Andrew had find his name. Andrew Andrew and I tied for our Bracus Man Madness Challenge. Nice job, Andrew. So maybe Andrew will get the gifts. Well, I hope he does. You both should. Thank you. Will you represent me on this? Oh yeah, I'm definitely the guy you want. <laughs> this will go smoothly, I'm sure. The offense for the Cardinals, it's been great. The pitching, not so much. How big of a deal is it right now? We'll talk about it next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. trust our guys um these first four games are they ideal not really but do we feel like our guys are going to be more than capable of doing what we're going to ask of them yes uh, i don't think uh, the first four games are indicative of what our year is going to look like from our starting rotation well let's hope not because the starting rotation has not been good first time through for everyone except for steven Matz, who will pitch tonight against the braves when the two teams continue their series at bush stadium with jamie rivers i'm anthony stalter it's the fast lane on 101 espn through the first four games the st st louis starting pitchers ranked 24th in the majors with a 713 era 713 era their starters 17 and two-thirds innings that ranks 26 in baseball and their strikeout rate of 18.4 percent is 23rd 
it's not even close to being good. And Jamie, you're right. I had started off the show talking about Jake Woodford because, oh, I don't know, he pitched last night. I don't know what what came over me to mention him, Jamie. Uh, but ultimately, you're right in that the starting pitching as a whole, Jamie, has not been good. Well, at Anthony, all. your tone is uh, better, although somewhat patronizing. But still, um, <laughs> when I look at the Cardinals' rotation, it has been ugly. It just has been. Hey. And I know the old Tony Larusa. We're talking about this the first week or whatever the heck his quote was. The it's the one. first week of the season. I know, but what happens when it's the third week? What happens when it's the fifth week? Like, do we really see something drastic happening? Here's what I truly think. I'm not being a jerk at all. I think Miles Michaelis will bounce back. I don't think you're going to see Miles Michaelis come out the next time he's up in the rotation and you know have the same kind of performance. And and, and truth be told, a lot of those. Those base hits and the runs that happened were off soft contact that found a home out there in the field. Fine. I'm comfortable with trusting Miles Michaelis. I don't know if I can trust Jack Flaherty. I don't know. I don't know what I'm looking at anymore. This is a guy that used to pound the strike zone and get the swing and miss, and now he's not. Like seven walks, man. I know there were no runs. I get it. Fine. We'll celebrate that. If you're wanting to get angry at me, then celebrate that. But if you're a true baseball fan and Cardinals fan and you're watching that, seven walks is not what you want from your ace, your number one pitcher. That's what Jack Flaherty is supposed to be. I know the injuries and all that, but I don't care. Everybody, including us, leading up to this season, talked about Jack Flaherty. He's got to be your number one. He's your your unicorn in the fact that he's your swing and miss pitcher and everybody else is pitch to contact. And all he was was missed the strike zone. Seven walks in, what, five innings. Mm-hmm. It's not ideal. Uh, and then Jordan Montgomery, he was fine. Wasn't great, wasn't bad. He was fine. Your offense was good enough to just say, it doesn't matter who's on the bump, we're going to win. And I think I think in most games, Jamie, throughout the year, we will be saying that. I think no, the that's offense not the is, answer, though. No, I, I agree. I agree. So hold on there. Jeez. It's the first week of the season. I know, Tony. I get it. You're jumpy today. I'm not jumpy. I think the offense is good enough to carry you in the regular season. It's not. You're right. It it can't be the thing that carries you in the postseason. And I know the offense has not been good in previous postseasons. If you look, <laughs> if you look at the teams that have won, it rarely is a great offense suspect pitching. In fact. Close to never, I would say, does a team win because of its offense only. And I'm talking about throughout the regular season, it's the offense, the pitching is a problem, pitching is a problem, and that team still wins a World Series. You have to have bona fide, top-end, starting pitching, a back end of the bullpen that's lights out, and that's another issue right now for the Cardinals. Solid defense, and yes, timely clutch hitting. In the regular season... Your offense can carry you. We've seen it. Yeah. We've seen it on other, other teams. The team that you beat in 2011, the Texas Rangers, went to back-to-back World Series because their offense was outstanding. In the end, it was their pitching that, that got them. And they had better pitching than, than what the Cardinals are currently presenting here. But in the regular season, the offense can carry you. But you get to the postseason, 
when you're facing top end pitching, you better have you better have something else to combat it. So the Air Comfort Service text line, which you guys can access at any point during the show, that number is 314-399-9646. We get one from the 636 that I think is obvious um, and maybe something we should take into account maybe a little more. They said, do you think it's because they faced two great lineups? They have. They've faced a lineup in the American League that is, you know, uh, for all intents and purposes, a World Series contender this year, and they've faced a Braves lineup that will be a World Series contender as well. Not excuses, facts, but still nonetheless, you're going to have to go through teams like this when the postseason comes around. Do you think you have the gimmies? Do you think you're playing the A's or the Pirates come playoff time? No, you're playing lineups like this. And then we get a funny one from the 618. Trying to debunk our theory. Mosellock, yeah. DeWitt, and Gersh don't care. They just want to cash checks. <laughs> I was going to bring that up. <laughs> He's on to us. Gersh is on to us. <laughs> no, it is fair. Toronto, Toronto's off, the Toronto's offense is off the charts. Atlanta's offense is one of the best in baseball. With what Jake Woodford displayed last night, the Kansas City Royals would have scored eight. Kansas City would have scored eight against you last night. I saw a Kansas City team last night absolutely beat up Jose Barrios of the Toronto Blue Jays. What did he do? He's not pitched well at all. Why'd they beat him up? Uh, metaphorically. Oh. I was going to say maybe it's they don't like him. Nope, 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 nope. That's, and that's no way to, Marsh, it's no way to lead in life. You don't like somebody, you just beat him up, Marsh. It's not, it's not what, we're, what we're promoting. Well, if it's in the confines of, you know, the game. No. Well, that's what Jamie did. He used to beat people up. Yeah, but they, well, but Jamie, he didn't just say, I, I'm going to go on the ice tonight and I hate you, so I'm going to beat you up. He found a reason. And masked Even if they were made up. And masked that hate. And masked that hate. And then find a reason. Yeah. All right. The game's well, changed, guys. It certainly has. What went wrong for the Blues this season? A lot. But we'll get into some specifics next on 101 ESPN. Do we have to? It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the icon of vacations. Icon of the seas. Arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry Bahamas. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. As Jamie Rivers puts on his suit, getting ready for the Blues game tonight, doing a little Blues pre and Clark post. Kent Superman action here in the phone booth, Anthony. That's right. Little... That's kind of weird. You're looking at me the whole time, but I don't blame you. Well, why'd you get undressed in here, Jamie? You didn't testing. want Marsh and I to look. No, it's fine. Blues hosting the Flyers, 7 o'clock. Pre-game starting right here on 101 ESPN at 6 o'clock. We have the game for you. This Flyers team is pretty decent. Mm-hmm. 
ish for being a team that's under 500. Uh huh. They're playing a little bit better. Yeah, they are. But then so are the Blues. Blues are playing real well. Yeah. Yeah. What? Why are you looking at me like that? No, because I know you tried to sewer me earlier. You tried to ask me something. What went wrong with the Blues this season? And yeah, you just we'll waiting for you to ask me for that. Okay. Well, Jamie, what went wrong for the Blues this season? <laughs> Damn it, Anthony. Sorry. We'll get into that later. But we got the lineup game, baby. Oh, BK is already saying that they got they got it right today. So oh, he's, he has seen it. Who's to, how can they even prove it? Whatever. They can't. They don't, don't, have, they don't have the receipts, as the kids no. say. I was listening. I and, think. And? Yeah, I, I, I think they might have got it right. Yeah, okay. Okay. You, maybe you weren't listening to the right station. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> maybe you're right. <laughs> you were listening to a station in Colombia. Yeah. Marsha has a tendency of doing that. We'll tell you that story maybe coming up later. How Marsha actually won tickets. You won tickets! To a game you can't go to yep. for a very specific reason. Well done, Marsh. Thanks, right, Details, you. baby. Details. It'll be the lefty Dylan Dodd tonight for the Atlanta Braves going against the lefty Stephen Matz for the Cardinals. So yeah. it is it is a lefty on the bump, Jamie. Uh-oh. It okay. is a lefty. Okay. So what? What so do you want? We still going Donovan? Hang on here. Hang on right. I write things down, Anthony. I do things very official around here. Okay. Just let us know when you're ready. Yeah, I'm trying here. All right. So Dylan Carlson, batting leadoff. I like that. Yeah. I do. I like it. Was there ever any doubt? No. No. Especially if the way Marsh tanked Brendan Donovan last night. Yeah, that's a tough that's a tough scene, you know. I think he had like an eleven game hitting streak, and I pick him to get a hit, and he went 0 for five. We opened our new beat the streak. All of us, including our listener, who picked Tommy Edmond. Yeah. He had first he had first get dibs. He yeah, goes, he I want Tommy Edmond, the nine nine hitter. No problem. He got a hit. Jamie, you had Paul Goldschmidt. He had a hit in the first inning. I had to wait a little bit for for uh, Travis Darnell to come through. I think he had a double in the seventh inning. But Brendan Donovan, multiple opportunities. He, yeah. he came up hitless. Show us Dylan Carlson. No, no, no. Okay, that's, that's a tough one right off the bat. Well, show us Brendan Donovan then. Just going to stick with the lefty. You are so wrong. Okay. See? And why do you go like this is what you do all the time. This is Anthony Stalter in a nutshell. When everything starts to burn to the ground, he doesn't care. He just throws gas on it and says, let's just keep burning it to the ground because I'm Italian and I'm emotional and I'm angry. Why did you just go, Brendan? And why did you just let it happen like that? I'm not the one guessing. I didn't agree with it. He said, show me. That's like I the know, but what is yeah. Marsh answer for the rest of time. Okay, you're going to look over, and I'll give you the head nod. means okay. I'm okay. Otherwise, I'm sorry. We're not letting it happen again. Is there any more confirmation that it is, in fact, Jamie Rivers' show <laughs> than right there? Marsh, you look at me, and then I'll let you know when I'm ready. So I'm saving you from yourself, Jamie, Save this audio. So Jamie has to <laughs> give the approval yes. to you, Yeah, and then... I have to get the like you have to give me the approval, so it's like a line. I'm not doing. Or do I? Are we cutting out the middleman? I'm not doing anything we haven't done in the past. Whenever we have BT in the lineup game, we go with like, we're like okay, do we agree on this? Uh-huh. And then Anthony goes, "Show me Donovan." Okay. But today he got all emotional. He got up in his own head again. And he was like, "Show me Donovan." Without yeah, consulting, it was really quick. So forget that. We're not doing that crap anymore, Anthony. Get your emotions in check, please. 
Will do. Okay. So who are we thinking then now for leadoff? <laughs> well, Jamie, Lars Newpar is on the IL. It He'd be, be another option to start uh, to, to, to hit leadoff here. Tommy Edmond? It could be Tommy Edmond. You know what? It's a left-handed pitcher. It's always Tommy Edmond when it's left-handed pitcher. What the hell's wrong with us? Together? Are we good with this? Let's do it. All right. Show me. Show us. Tommy us. Edmond. Jamie, you are so right. There we go. See, Anthony, when we don't rush through things, we can do better. You can do better. All right. Um, in the two hole. Is this Dylan Carlson? I don't think so. I don't think I don't. I don't is think Burleson. Playing? I don't think Burleson is in the line. I don't think he I plays. do think Dilly. Uh, Dilly. I do two think TC <laughs> Dylan Dilly. Carlson. Maybe they call him Dilly. I would say Carlson. Either that or you bump up Goldschmidt. No, you're not going to do that. Dylan Carlson, then? Goldie is hitting every freaking game. You're not moving him right now. All right. I would say Dylan Carlson. Show us Dylan Carlson. All right. Go ahead. Uh, This one's going to be difficult. He's only been perfect as far as hitting in every game this year. Paul the Big Fundy Goldschmidt. Mr. Captain Obvious. Anthony, go ahead. I was about to say, can I do this? Yeah, okay. you can. See, I like that. Teamwork. Show us. Nolan Arnauto. That was a layup. All right, this got to be Wilson Contreras. Wilson Contreras. I go, uh, yeah, Big Willie style here. Wilson Contreras. Wilson! 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 Okay. I would say Tyler O'Neill in this spot. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Show us. Lack Canadian bacon. Uh, Canadian. Canadian bacon. <laughs> oh, Does he move up Jordan Walker? Left-handed pitcher. So who are other options? Well, let's stop and think for a second here. What are we missing here right now? Right We're now, missing the DH, which will not be Gorman. I think it's going to be Yippy as the DH in there. Left-handed pitcher, a right-handed bat for the DH. But we'll get to that in a minute. Is it Walker or Yippy here at seven or eight? I think he moves up Walker. I'm okay with saying that. Show us Jordan Walker. You hit the nail on the head. Nice. Okay, so as I get back to my mic here. I think Brendan Donovan will be batting ninth. So if we reverse engineer so, this thing, okay. we're missing the DH. I do think that Juan Yepes is an interesting call-up in this situation. He's the only right bat. What other yeah. right bat do you have on the bench right now? I like it. So I think that batting eighth at the DH is yippee! Show us. Yippee! Yeah! Nice job. And then ninth, Anthony. Show us Brennan Donovan. Here we go. Sorry, guys. What? Okay, this is weird. So you don't have a second baseman right now. Well, you do if you put Gorman in. Yep. But what the hell? You've had uh, oil and water here between Gorman and left-handed pitching, and now you're going to plop him in at second base? Oh, I know who it is. Oh, it's Taylor Taylor Motter. Show us Taylor Motter. Okay. Run it, Mark. Why did you 
Something like reasons. that. Well, obviously. Yeah. Go ahead, Marsh. Run yeah. it. Okay. Blacklist. Leading off for the Cardinals. Tommy Edmond, he is the shortstop. Batting second, Dylan Carlson. He is in left field. Paul Goldschmidt batting third. He's the first baseman. Your cleanup hitter is Nolan Arenado. Of course, he is at third base. Wilson Contreras is batting fifth. He's catching. Batting sixth and in center field, Tyler O'Neill. Batting seventh in right, Jordan Walker. Batting eighth, the DH, Juan Yepes. And batting ninth, the second baseman, Taylor Motter. I don't believe what I just saw. Home run. All right, so do we agree on the rules? It's the first Cardinal home run? Yes. Okay, so I got a point. I agree, but since it's Jamie's show today, yeah. we need the, the ultimate seal of approval. approval. Yes. What? Is it the first Cardinal to hit a home run or the first home run in the game? I think it's it's more fun if we say first Cardinal. Okay. okay. So I have one point, Marsh. Please mark me down well, no, for one starting point. today. No, 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 no. I don't think so. Anthony, Anthony on this yesterday. one to nothing. Thank you. I, this Thank is you, officially Marsh. under protest. No, it's not. All right. Uh, so do I go first then? Yes, you have honors. Okay. Ah, boy. Oh, my God. Can I go first? Uh, I'm going to I'm gonna take... Uh, Hurry up and wait. I'm going to take Tyler O'Neill. Tyler O'Neill hit a ding-dong Johnson after the way Jamie ripped them today. Yeah, I well, think he provides some motivation. I think Jamie takes credit for it. Tyler O'Neill, it's a home run. <laughs> All right. I can't wait for that text later. Yeah. <laughs> See, guys? See, I ripped them. I ripped him on air today. You know, home run. He, I know he listens. Mm-hmm. He knows he can do better. Bottom line. He knows I love him, but he knows that with love comes some you know, tough love at times. Absolutely, Jamie. Bottom line. Jamie, so, how about you go next? Because my guy failed to get a base hit yesterday. Yeah, yeah he kind of sucked. Um, I'm going to go with... Oh. Uh, what? What's wrong? Nothing. He sucks so bad he's out of the lineup. Anyways. Um, <laughs> what? Did I, have I said anything untrue? One game, but he's out of the lineup, Anthony. What do I tell you? Ollie's sending a message early. Right. I like it, so I'm going to go with my guy. I'm doubling down on my horse, Jordan Walker. Okay, went with him yesterday. I think today is the day. At some point, it's going to work. <laughs> Just keep doing it. <laughs> Just keep, remember what was his name? Nagowski. Yes, yeah, no kept, go, no go. And then I hit no go. Uh, we were playing that. What yeah, we bet the board. Bet, bet the, the board. board. That's it. Mm-hmm. I All remember right, that. I was listening. I don't think I even worked here yet. No, BT squashed it. He did. He didn't like Truth it. Truth be told, BT squashed Why it. Why do you think he squashed it, Anthony? Probably because he was in last. <laughs> <laughs> All of a sudden, it was like, you know what's run its course? You know what's run its course? Bet the board. We're like, well, we all like it. We all seem to like it. The listener likes it. BT's like, nah, I don't think so. Not up in here. <laughs> Get it out. <laughs> And I'm then later go. that day, he's like, this is your show, Anthony. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> I wonder what segment's going to be gone now since yeah. Jamie's taking it. <laughs> uh, Dylan Carlson is my guy. He's going to hit a home run. I think he's going to have a good day, and we're going to have a lot to talk about when it comes to this outfield tomorrow. There you go. So what did go wrong for the Blues this season? We'll get into that next on 101 ESPN. We're right 
back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Blues to host the Flyers tonight. You can listen to everything right here on 101 ESPN. Pre-game show starting at 6 o'clock, and then we've got the game for you about 7.30 or so with Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Salter, and Jamie's going to be on the Bally Sports Midwest broadcast. You're doing pre and post tonight. Pre and post, baby. Bring tonight, two people tonight. And Thursday, correct? Yeah, that's correct, Anthony. There you have it. All right. So, Jamie. Yeah. Uh, ultimately, if you were going to look at this Blues team yeah. and say – I'm going to choose uh, one or, I don't know, five things that went wrong this year that ultimately uh, ultimately led to the Blues' demise. What would those one to five things be? Well, obviously consistency. That's the number. In all areas. Yeah, everything. Um, early on, there were some, some problems scoring goals. Then there has been a problem all season long with defending. Um, you talk about the group of players on the ice in front of the goaltender. It just hasn't been enough. And so for me, it's consistency. And anywhere the power play hasn't been consistent. The penalty kill hasn't been consistent. Um, you know, your effort overall from each guy every single night has not been consistent. And so that's what I circle. You can talk about a whole bunch of different things. You talk about certain players and their deficiencies and whatnot. Fine. But those players still have deficiencies. Even if you're winning games, you can sit there and isolate each player and their, you know, what they're good at, what they're bad at, what they need to improve upon. If you're just putting an umbrella here over the Blues season, is that this roster from top to bottom has not been consistent with their effort and their execution all season long. Every one of them. It doesn't matter. Even if you're, you know, a player that's had statistically a good year. Like, you isolate a guy like Jordan Cairo, and I know he's a bit of a lightning rod for certain Blues fans, but he's sitting there with 71 points in 74 games. He's got 36 goals. Uh, you know, he leads your team in scoring. Is he great defensively? No, he's not. But he also is a guy that was on your team last year that wasn't great defensively, and you were able to still make the postseason regardless of that. Yeah. So other guys pulled their weight more last year. And as a group, as a team, you were better overall. You look at Pavel Buchnevich, you, you could say, man, he really put himself on the map this year. 66 points in 59 games. Well over a point a game for that guy. Now he hasn't been able to stay healthy, which is unfortunate. And he's been, you know, now he's been recently playing center for the Blues, which is a new experiment for him as well as as the team. But that's only because... You were forced to trade O'Reilly, Achari, and Barbashev. Now, Barbashev ended up not being a full-time centerman, but he played center. Heck, you go back uh, three, four, five years ago, that's what he was. He was a centerman. He was centering Vladimir Tarasenko on a line against the Minnesota Wild way back when in the playoffs when Mike Yo was the head coach. So at least he could play the position. But you lost three centermen, so you had to try and make do now with Pavel Buchnevich. And now you're trying to make do with Kasperi Kapanen at the center position. So all of this leads to, to inconsistencies through and through. And, and your your defensive core hasn't been able to stay healthy. Uh, you know, Marco Scandella, by the way, if you're just tuning in now, he's out for the rest of the season with an injury. Again, that guy has not been able to be healthy for the Blues. I, in fact, to the point where I, you know, I, I wonder what 
the future holds for Marco Scandella as an individual because you start to get to a point where, as a player, like, man, this really sucks. I can't stay healthy. So I wish him nothing but the best. And quite honestly, his body of work this year, after coming back from an injury and being healthy, was really good. It looked a lot like the guy that earned that contract extension from the Blues a couple of years ago, but unfortunately he finds himself again on the injured list. Colton Pareko, inconsistent this year. Uh, for the most part, rocky. But it wasn't just him alone. Nick Letty was also inconsistent, and it was rocky up and down and all around. Now those two have, I wouldn't say turned it around like a full 180, but they're looking more like the defense pair that you wanted recently. And Colton Pareko, I think his confidence is a little better. Nick Letty's skating more. I felt like Nick Letty at the start of the season wasn't using his speed. And this is number one attribute is be able to skate his way out of trouble or the one-man breakout. Both him and Colton Pareko possess the unique ability to be a one-man breakout. I felt like that was one of the biggest things a year ago when they acquired Nick Letty from Detroit that, that we continue to talk about. You, you highlighted it all the time, Jamie, the ability to jumpstart that transition game. I mean, really be kind of the engine, the mm-hmm. leader for that. I don't think we've talked about that once this year. No. Uh, recently, a little bit more, he sh- but he's shown it. So I I don't know if there was a health thing there. A lot of times, you know, we don't always hear about nagging injuries or things that happen. The only time we hear about it is when a guy misses a game. And all of a sudden, well, what's wrong with him? What about a guy that plays through 10, 15, 20 games of injury? Like, we go back to last year, we talk about Braden Shen, and for some of his critics, maybe last year, thought, wow, he wasn't bringing enough to the table. We find out he played most of the season with broken ribs. He had broken ribs three different times. And then you go, huh. That makes sense. Maybe I'm willing to overlook some of that now, you know? Like, so with Nick Letty, and I'm not even hinting to the fact that there was an injury. I don't know. Scout's honor. No idea. No idea. But it didn't look like it should have looked. It looks a little more like it should recently. Mm -hmm. So when you go through the entire lineup, I think that's what you can find for each and every player. And that's why, you know, to bring it back to the beginning of the conversation, I just think inconsistent is the number one word that will surround this Blues team for the 2022-2023 season. That's Jamie Rivers and Anthony Stalter. It's the Fastlane on 101 ESPN again tonight, 6 o'clock, pregame, Blues and Flyers. You'll hear it all right here on 101 ESPN. Alex Ferrario has the the uh, pregame for you, intermission host, of course, as the postgame host as well. Chris Kerber and Joey Vitale will be on the call for the Blues Radio Network as, again, they host the Flyers tonight. Despite the pitching issues, are the Cardinals still a top-10 team? We'll get into that next on 101 ESPN. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. 
to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Obviously, you want to drive in as many as you can, but I, I like where we're at. I mean, that entire game, we never felt like we were out of it, and that's a good feeling. We're, we're taking really good at-bats, tough at-bats. I mean, one through nine, we're feeling really good about what our guys are, are able to do. So did we leave some guys on? Yes, but uh, you got to get on. So That was Ollie Marmel following last night's loss to the Atlanta Braves with former Blues defenseman Jamie Rivers and Anthony Stalter. The Athletic put together their power rankings. You all right, Jamie? You got the mic the, going on there? Mics you all right? are like... You're a little loose there on that mic. What are we doing There's, here? You could tighten it up on the side. I, but it, you need a little tool for this one, Anthony. Look at You need an Allen key. Okay. Somebody help this guy. <laughs> are you done? Oh, yeah. Trying to talk about this Cardinal steam here. Yeah, me too. Before we get yelled at. <laughs> Go ahead. The Athletic released their power rankings. Houston, number one. Atlanta, number two. We saw them last night. Boy, did we ever. San Diego, number three. L.A., number four. The Yankees, number five. The Mets, number six. Tampa Bay Rays, number seven. Mm. Tied for eighth. The Cleveland Guardians and your St. Louis Cardinals. Despite the pitching woes, do you still feel like this Cardinals team is a top ten team? Absolutely. Does, does the offense outweigh your concerns with the pitching staff? Well, yeah, I think the offense and the defense overall. When you look at the infield, I would argue that it's one of, if not the best, defensive infield in all of baseball. I would argue that. I mean, in your whoa, in your opinion, um, what other team would rival the Cardinals or be ahead of them? For just infield defense? Infield defense. Talking first through third. Uh, Atlanta has a good overall defense. I would. I still think the Cardinals have a better infield defense overall. Dodgers, no. Uh, Padres have a pretty good infield defense, but not better than the Cardinals. I'm man for man here. It, I, it would be difficult for me to highlight anyone off the top of my head that's got a better infield defense than the Cardinals. So, based on that, and the fact that you're going to have pitch-to-contact rotation, you would hope that your defense could help carry you somewhat. And right now, it seems to be an offensive-driven league based on everything that's going on. And I think the Cardinals' batting order, their lineup, offensively puts them in there. So, yeah, I believe they're a top-10 team. Yeah, I do, too. I Look, if you're going to be – if as long as you have one, like, true great strength, again, you can that can carry you throughout the course of the season. We had this conversation earlier when we talked about the pitching staff struggling, but the offense the offense being great. The, you, you can, as long as you have one th- – you better have one great thing, and I do think this offense – can be great for for the Cardinals, but you're right. The infield defense. I mean, hell, you highlighted you got you got a Gold Glover at every at every position outside of catcher and Will Contreras. Nice frame job uh, last night in the first inning. I mean, he he got he got a, a great call for Jake Woodford on a ball that was several inches outside. You know, he framed it pretty well. So it's not like Will Contreras is a disaster defensively. He's just not Yadier Molina, and who and who is. But when it comes to the Cardinals being a top ten team. I believe that as well. And if you think that the Cardinals are the only team right now that's struggling with with their pitching, think again. Toronto's pitching staff, 
has been terrible as well. Terrible. Well, yeah, that wasn't pretty for them, that's for sure. Alec Manoa, not great opening day. Jose Barrios has not been good since Minnesota, and that was you know, going on in two years now. Kevin Gausman, very good. The different Chris Bassett though gave him, I don't know, twenty million a year. Boy, he, in the off season, he got lit up like a Christmas tree. He got rocked. The difference is you, you, they have top end guys. Alec Manoa is a legit ace. Kevin Gausman would be an ace on on a lot of teams. He's he's their number two, but he's a top end guy. So you you just you have more leeway with 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 teams like that. You say, well, I'm not. I'm a little concerned, but look, it's still Manoa Gausman. Bassett should be better than what he what he showed Sunday. It's a good, just a good Cardinals offense. But again, they're not the only team dealing with big time issues right now. They're starting pitching staff. See, and, and Toronto's eleventh on their power rankings. Seattle is twelfth. Seattle just lost Robbie Ray. Their ace. So not the only team battling, pit, betting, battling issues with their, with their pitching staff. Mm-hmm. Again, the difference is there's some there's some higher end talent on other teams, and of course. We here in St. Louis, we only we only focus on the Cardinals. We don't care about anybody else. That's fine, but have pers- have just a little perspective of this. So at least my point is, at least they've got that offense to fall back on. Before I think Miles Michaelis would be fine. I I'm not overly concerned about Michaelis. Who are you concerned about over? Because it, all jokes aside, let's take some of the snark out of it, and let's identify people right now in our rotation or that could be in the rotation that you're. What is that? <laughs> What's that? What was that? No I idea. No, that was what the hell is going on here? <laughs> what was that? That was the weirdest thing. Did they start playing music somewhere? It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's what it sounded like. What was that? I have is no there a idea. ghost in here? It's. Well, I mean, way, my, my I mean, computer. Chair. My computer is on mute. My phone is on mute. That did not sound no, like Jamie's stri- watch. No, it was not my watch or my phone, for that matter. I've been doing radio in the studio for ten years. So I've never heard anything like huh. that. Well, we if it a is ghost a ghost, in here. we do. I don't mind. Yeah, pull up, pull up a chair. chair. It's the ghost chair. Everybody's yeah. welcome here. No Fast doubt. lane. Absolutely. Um, so if we're looking at the rotation, the people that you feel like you can rely upon long term here. Yeah. We agree that Miles Michaels. the course Michaels, of the season. Yes. Miles Michaels would be that guy. I'm not, I am not concerned as of yet. Okay. Who else? We'll see about Steven Matz tonight, but I think if he's, if he's healthy, I'm not concerned. So I'll put Steven, Steven Matz in the okay. not concerned category. Now, again, we're not talking about, because people are going to lose their minds here in a second, Jamie. They're going to lose their minds saying, well, these guys aren't aces. I know, but we're having a conversation. No, we're talking about just adequate pitchers. We're just talking about, are you concerned within the realm of who Miles, Miles Michaelis is? Are you concerned? Me? No. Steven Matz? No. Okay. Who else? Montgomery, no. I I would agree with that. Flaherty, Flaherty, yes. Yeah. So you look at Flaherty and uh, Woody. Woodford slash Wainwright, yes. And Wayno. That's tough there. Three fifths of the organ three fifths of the starting rotation, I feel good about in terms of them matching what they are on the back of their baseball card. Yeah. Not not Miles Michaelis turning into Justin Verlander, not Steven Matz turning into Max Scherzer, not Jordan Montgomery turning into Shane Bieber. So just are, what they are. Are we now back in a situation once again where the organization is going to be relying upon Adam Wainwright too much? I hope not. 
I, but it looks that way. I we do. haven't seen. We haven't. Let's be real about this. We have not seen a good version of Adam Wainwright with the birds on the bat in seven starts. I know. So this, yes, I'm concerned. So so that's where my concern lies, is the fact that you that we you and I have circled three pitchers: Michaelis, Matson, Monty, as guys that we think we know what we're getting. Flaherty, Woodford, and Wayno. We don't know. But now all of a sudden, Wayno becomes that much more important to your rotation because if Wayno comes back and can just be a version of Wayno, close to what we've had before he was injured, you're like, okay, at least we know what we're getting here. The fifth spot's still a question mark with Flaherty throwing seven guys or throwing balls to seven for seven walks in his first start. And I know it's just his first start. But this is St. Louis. We overreact to everything when it comes to the Cardinals. That's <laughs> what I've learned. My ears as a baseball fan. That's correct. Whatever it is, we just overreact. No city in America is breaking down every single game like that. Oh, that's not true. I guarantee in New York, they have broken down the Mets and the Yankees. Maybe now. The Boston market, the Red Sox are breaking it down. Anthony, you are are sadly mistaken. When the Red Sox are mid and the Patriots are in training camp, I guarantee you they're spending more time on the Patriots. Okay, so you Yankees, isolate that. Yankees, but you I just said you. nobody else. Anyways, I'm not going to get into it with you again. Today. Well, that's because we have a passionate baseball fan, yeah, I know. fan base, and I that wants that. that that loves their Cardinals, which is why I want to figure out the rotation. For what your issue is? These baseball fans. I don't have an issue. I have an issue with this rotation. Yes, yeah, so do fans. I. I have an issue with the rotation too. You have to go get somebody. Depending on who's available, you have to make yeah, a trade when? at the trade deadline. Yeah, but what if you can't get there? You'll get there because of your offense. You will. Jamie, it ain't gonna be pretty until the deadline. I know you're disgusted right now. You're just throwing. You just threw the paper that you that you spent a lot of time working on. Anthony, we're four games into the season. If I we have to wait until the trade deadline. Jamie, what's available right now? Well, nothing. And you know what? Nothing might be available at the trade deadline either, which is sad. You're right, but you have to wait till some of these teams kind of fall out of it too. How long do you give one of these young guys a chance? Mm-hmm. How long do you call up Graceffo or Tink Hansen and go? You know what? Screw this. Let's go. Flag day. When's that, Andrew? Nobody knows. See, you just know. throw things out. And you don't know. Flag day could be two weeks from now. It could be two months from now. What the hell? <laughs> Marsh did the claims thing, and then we bit him. <laughs> but he doesn't know when it is. Claims. It's June 14th. <laughs> claims, claims has been doing the flag day, the unofficial flag day thing for forever. And Marsh just, he, he, he went the Klaibs route, and Jamie and I just turned around and bit him. Really? Flag day. When is that? <laughs> I don't know. Nobody knows. Klaibs might not even know. He may not. No. I love Klaibs. All right. So we all agree this rotation's an issue. Yep. Okay. <laughs> we covered a lot of ground. What's trending and beat the streak is next on 101 ESPN. Back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. What's trending in the world of sports? The Fast Lane has you covered. What's trending now? Brought to you by Goodwill. Donate to Goodwill and get a half price Cardinals ticket voucher. Welcome back to the Fast Lane here on 101 ESPN. Anthony Stalter, Jamie Rivers. It's his show now. I'm Andrew Marsh, and Whoa. it's time for What's Trending. What? No, it's perfect. I like it. 
Anyways, guys, tonight is Pride Night at the Enterprise Center. However, the St. Louis Blues will not be wearing Pride jerseys during warm-ups. Yeah, so this is something uh, I believe the St. Louis Blues uh, have had several meetings about. And after hearing the explanation, I have to say I totally agree with it. And the explanation is that this year there has been a number of players throughout the NHL that, for whatever reason... They've, they've said that they don't want to wear the Pride warm-up jerseys for whatever their beliefs are. In every single game that that has happened, that has become the story. And so the Blues, rather than focusing on player X or Y or Z that may or may not be wearing the jersey, mm-hmm. scrap it. Celebrate what you're supposed to be celebrating. And if that if this is celebrating you know the gay community and Pride Night at Enterprise Center, then do it the right way. And I think the Blues are. Take the take the focus off of what has been the lightning rod for, you know, clickbait all over Twitter and social media and all that stuff and focus it on what you should be doing. They have right. a number of great things that they have planned for the entire evening. Uh, the players will be warming up with Pride-themed warm-up pucks, uh, rainbow tape for guys who want to use it. That's what it should be. I mean, it. I'm not here on a soapbox, trust me. But if the initiative is to focus on what's important, then take the focus off what has been negatively reported, which is players that are not wearing the jerseys. And Braden Shen is on record this morning saying, hey, look, if there's a jersey in my stall for warm-up, I'll wear it. Right. If not, I don't care. We're still doing a, a lot of things here as an organization and as a community that should be highlighted. And so for me, I like it because they want to highlight the positives without then hyper-focusing on one or two negatives, or if there even is any. Yeah. Take the roulette part of it out of it and make it a good night for everybody. Yeah, like you said, it's, it becomes polarizing. It becomes who's wearing the jerseys, who's not. And, you know, it's just it, it's drawing attention for the wrong reasons. So just, you know, if you're, if you're heading down there tonight, enjoy it, enjoy the night. And, and you know, it's, a, it's supposed to be a positive thing. It's supposed to be celebrated. Yeah. So, you know, that... I'm with Braden Shen and like, all right, there's there's a jersey there. We wear it if not, no big deal. It's not it, to me. It's not it's not for the players. It's it's for the fans that want to attend and and be a part of this night. So when it comes to like the players, you're almost putting them in a lose lose situation depending on whether or not they're going to wear a jersey or not wear a jersey. Yeah, I, that's the whole point that I'm making yep. is that whatever your belief is, what. I, the, 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 the idea and the purpose is to celebrate you know, the gay community. Make it a night, the, the pride night at Enterprise. Then do it. For me personally, as an individual, I'm a big believer in, you know what, you live your life to the best that you possibly can. Whatever you choose in life, that's, that's it. I have no, I'm not sitting here throwing stones. I don't care. I, I, people in my life that I know that are near and dear to me are gay. And you know what? I support them and love them just the same. But I'm also sitting here saying that I don't feel like you should worry about highlighting a, a warm-up jersey at the same time. Right. Quit worrying about that. How about we all just be good human beings? How there about you that? go. We all be good human beings. Be good to each other. Everybody love everybody. Got one rule in here. Everybody love everybody. E-L-E, Anthony. E-L-E. If you are going to the game tonight, one of the players that you will not see is Marco Scandella. He is to miss the remainder of the regular season. It's been a tough go for Marco Scandella here in St. Louis, dealing with injuries. Yeah, Jamie had talked about it 
the, you know, in previous segments. I mean, this this is somebody that unfortunately just cannot stay healthy, and he signed the contract extension. The, the contract extension largely has been a bust. So uh, it's it's too bad. And there's what one more year left on the deal too, Jamie, for Marco Scandella. Yeah. Good luck. You're not gonna be able to move him. You hope you hope there is one good healthy year for you, and you move on. Well, this was I. Look, two things were, were going to happen here with Marco Scandell at the end of the season. One, he was going to play so good that you realize, hey, we got a guy here now that we can be using as part of our rebuild or retool next year. And up until the injury, I'd started to believe, you know what, Marco Scandella, that's a serviceable defenseman for you. But now with another injury, like, what do you do as an organization? You can't sit here and hold your breath hoping that he's healthy come training camp and that he's healthy through training camp and if you're another team are you trading for a guy that has had health issues in the past couple of seasons i don't know it's a tough one here i i wish marco scandella nothing but the best he is a he is a great dude he's a great dude uh, and he was playing some some good hockey for the blues playing very good hockey since coming back from his, his long list of injuries uh, but this is just like, it's a tough road, man, for him. I, I wish him nothing but the best. All right, time to play uh, Beat the Streak right now. Baseballs. All of my successes depend on me. You're ready to hit. The hits just keep on coming. And his first big league hit is a bullet up the middle. All right, time to play Beat the Streak. Kevin's back with us for a second straight day. Kevin took Tommy Edmund to get a hit yesterday so Kevin's streak is at one Jamie had Paul Goldschmidt so his streak is at one after Goldschmidt not only had the the single in the first we also had a home run later on in the game and I had Travis uh, Darno who had a double in the seventh inning for the Braves so we're, we're all at one except for Marsh yeah I get it Marsh had Brendan Donovan who went hitless all right Kevin first of all welcome back thanks for playing you're up my man all right, uh, I've been back and forth about this one, but if it's all right with you, is, uh, can my nephew Will make the pick? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Wow. I don't know. We'll have to check the bylaws of how this works here. <laughs> of course it's I mean, okay. I, I approve of this pick, so. All right, there you Marcia, go. Go for it. You're running record on that, right? Yeah. All right, that's a verbally binding contract now, so we feel comfortable with letting you pass the pick on. Okay, sounds like a plan. <laughs> so, go ahead, Will make the pick. Acuna Jr. Oh, oh that's Ronald Acuna. Well done. Really good pick, Will. All right. So, Will makes his radio debut here in St. Louis. I thought it was Tanner. With, <laughs> come on. Jeez. <laughs> Will's got a deeper voice. <laughs> we love Tebow. That's a better pick, too. Well, we don't know. He's never played. Ah. All right, so Kevin's last will. They've got Ronald Acuna Jr. Jamie. <laughs> yeah. What's your pick? Um, well, why fix what ain't broke? Paul Goldschmidt. I know it's chalk, but this game is the whole purpose of it is to succeed, right? Correct. That's yeah. the, that's the plan. Goldie's hit safely in every game this season. Why would I buck the trend, Anthony? Against a left-handed pitcher, albeit. Ask Marsh. <laughs> well, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> He's so mad at you right now. His face is the same sorry, color man. as his jersey. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm going to stick with the same pick, too. I'm going to I'm gonna stick with Travis Darno. He's hitting 389 on the year. 
So I'm going to go with Travis Darno. Marsh, you're up. Yeah, I actually can't go with the same guy because he's not in the lineup uh, today. what you did to him, Marshy. Uh, you're like, look, I did this to you. Yeah, yep. it's my fault. <laughs> this is your this fault. This is your fault. I'm going to go with, uh, <laughs> man. <laughs> this guy had an absolute towering home run yesterday. Oh, boy. Give me Austin Riley. Minus 290 on FanDuel to record a hit. There you go. Beat the streak. There it is, baby. Good luck, Will. Good luck, Will. Good luck, Kevin. Thanks for playing. Thank you. All right, there you go. Kevin slash Will took Ronald Acuna Jr. Jamie day. stuck with Paul Goldschmidt. I stuck with Travis Darno. And Marsh had to switch after uh, cursing Brennan Donovan, not only in last night's game, but also to the bench. You went with Austin Riley. Well, maybe, maybe he doesn't get a hit tonight. And Steven Matz pitches well. I'll take that loss. I'll restart over, you know. Again. Again. <laughs> Thanks, Marsh. Well done. I'll take one for the team. Jamie's out. Jamie's going to the... I'm sticking around for the gauntlet. I told you that, Anthony, but you don't freaking listen to me. I said I'll stick around for the gauntlet because I can't leave it in your hands. I mean, maybe I, I thought that, but it just sort of came out. Boy, if you came here to hurt me today, that's exactly what you, you did. You started this show throwing Ginsu knives, and I did not appreciate it. So if, you know what? It's been on ever since. If I had feelings... You don't. They'd be shattered. Call it next on 101 ESPN. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperice.com. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Can you survive the gauntlet? Four hundred two. Your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler, with Andrew Marsh and Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Salter. Jeff is back for round two of the gauntlet after beating Marsh yesterday. What's up, Jeff? Hello. Oh, there we go, Jeff. You got us. Yeah, I think I lost you for a second. Right. I think I'm good now. No problem. Uh, so you beat Marsh yesterday. You're back for round two. Would you like to take on Jamie Rivers or myself today? I'm going to go with Jamie. What's your problem with me? With you? With, yeah, yeah with what's your problem? Jamie's, oh, with Jamie? Yeah. No, no problem. Uh, just scared of hockey. All right. Well, good luck, you know, my man. I hope I, 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 if, I, if I get hockey with Jamie, it's a 0% chance. So. Well, let's hope it doesn't hit on hockey then, right? Right, that'd be bad radio. Yeah, so. in fact, you know what? I hope it doesn't hit on hockey. So me I can too. beat your ass in something different. Good luck, by the way. Wow, Jamie. Can you say that on the radio? He just did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh. thumbs up. yeah. 
Don't uh, keep it clean, though, Jeff. Just a reminder to keep it clean. All right, so Jamie is officially in the cone of silence. Go ahead, tell Marsh to spin that wheel. Go ahead, spin that wheel, Mark. All right, Jeff, so you won anything but hockey, I'm assuming. You won yesterday in random trivia. Today, though, you are going to get... Wow, the wheel hates you. It is going to be hockey. You got Jamie Rivers in hockey today. You're going to be fine, Jeff. I believe in you still. No. no. (laughs) Okay, well, we're going to play it anyways. The wheel, the wheel unkind to Jeff. Uh, You know what? Jamie lost to hockey one time in Gauntlet 2.0, though. It's possible. It is possible. It It has happened before. All right, Jeff, you know the rules. Each question is worth two points. Unless you need the options, then those options, therefore, make the question worth one point. You ready? Yep, let's do it. Connor McDavid recently reached the 60-goal plateau this season. Who was the only player to reach 60 goals last season? Who had 60 goals last season in the National Hockey League? Let's check the options. Was it Nikita Kucherov? Alex Ovechkin or Austin Matthews? Oh, Kucherov. Final answer? Yep. Question number two, Vladimir Tarasenko, in which other blue holds the record for most career points at the Enterprise Center, including the building's previous names, with 281 points? I don't know. Let's uh, take the options again. Options are Pavel Dimitra, Alex Steen, or Keith Kachuk. Go Kachuk. You cut out there. Was that Keith Kachuk? Yeah, finally. Okay. All right, question three. Which team has scored the most goals in the NHL this season? Um... Golden Knight. Final answer. Okay. Final question. Scotty Bowman won nine Stanley Cups as a head coach in the NHL. What was the last year he won the Stanley Cup with the Detroit Red Wings? Uh, The last year? Yep. Did you say 2,000, Jeff? Yep, final answer. Okay. All right, let's uh, let's bring back Jamie. Jamie, or uh, Jeff, how you feeling? Uh, terrible. <laughs> terrible. I feel for you, man. You said you said you didn't want hockey, anything but hockey, and the damn thing spawned hockey. So, yeah. who knows? Yeah. Terrible. Maybe Jamie's off his game today. Oh, nope, he's dancing. He's, dancing. Yeah. he's literally dancing. Okay. Mike Ryder was playing a good song in there. What was he playing? Uh, Can't. The no. more money we do, the more problems we see. All right, no. sure. Okay. All right. Like Wheels on the Bus or something. Yeah, it's probably Wheels on the Bus. Yeah. Makes sense. It's a good song. It's a quality song. Wheels uh, on the Bus. Yeah, yeah they, they go really round nice. and round, Marshy. They, sh- right. they certainly do. Uh-huh. Jamie, you ready? Sure. Okay. Your category is hockey. Oh, wow. 
Yeah, wow, wheel, pressure's on now. That wheel just spun right to hockey. Oh, boy. Jeff said, uh, give me anything but hockey. The wheel said, mm-hmm. go blank yourself, San Diego. <laughs> really? Here's Sorry. hockey. Yeah. Sorry, Jeff. All right, uh, Connor McDavid recently reached the 60-goal plateau this season. Yeah. Who was the only player to reach 60 goals last season? Austin Matthews. Final answer. Question number two, Vladimir Tarasenko in which other blue holds the record for most career points at the Enterprise Center, including the building's previous names, with 281 points? Okay, what did we just do here? <laughs> Who has scored the most career points? Other Okay, so let me... Let me yeah, see? Let me That's where I'm at, too. This. Start over, Mark. Vladimir okay. Tarasenko in which other blue holds the record for most, most career points at the Enterprise Center... Right, the Enterprise Center, but also including the previous names like the Scott Trade Center, the Keel Center. Oh my! You know, Ameritrade Center, Ameritrade, wasn't it at one point? I don't, I don't think so. Yeah, it was. Anyways, two eighty-one. <laughs> don't worry, Two hundred eighty-one points. Ameritrade. Yeah. <laughs> There's no way there. It went from Keel to Ameritrade to Scott Trade. No, the Savis Center. Savis, that was it. Maritrade. Oh, look at you, Marsh. All right, I'm going to mark, go? I'm gonna Anyways, mark uh, minus two. Give me the two. options because I'm so confused okay. by the question. I, I, I options mean. are Pavel Dimitra, Alexander Steen, or Keith Kachuk. Hmm. I'll go with Pavel, please, to meet you. Final answer. Okay. Which team has scored the most goals in the NHL this season? Well, one would think it would probably have to be the Boston Bruins. Uh, although that feels like an obvious one. Wow. I don't think it's the Western Conference. Eastern Conference Rangers. Let's narrow it down because I have some thoughts and maybe this will eliminate some of them. Options, please. Bruins... Oilers, Sabres. Hmm. Well, you have two of the highest scoring players in the league. I'll go Edmonton Oilers. Final answer? Yeah, please. Okay, sorry you had to say it. Uh, question number four. Scotty Bowman won nine Stanley Cups as a head coach in the NHL. What was the last year he won the Stanley Cup with the Detroit Red Wings? 2002, final answer. Okay, Jeff wanted no part of hockey. Yeah. We just found out why. Connor McDavid (laughs) recently reached the 60-goal plateau this season. Who was the only player to reach 60 goals last season? Jeff took the options. You went with Nikita Kucherov. Jamie, you did not take the options. It took you two and a half seconds to say Austin Matthews. Correct answer is? Austin Matthews. That's right. 2-0 lead for Jamie. Vladimir Tarasenko win. Which other blue holds the record for most career points at Enterprise Center? And that includes the building's previous names with 281 points. Jeff, you took the options. You went with Keith Kachuk. Jamie, you took the options. You went with Pavel, please, Demetra. Correct answer is? Pavel Demetra. That's correct. Jamie with a 3-0 lead over Jeff. Which team has scored the most goals in NHL this season? Jamie, you took the options. Wanted to narrow things down. Then you landed on the Edmonton Oilers. Jeff, you said screw those options. Give me the Golden Knights. They were not an option. Correct answer is? Edmonton Oilers. That's correct. Jamie with a 4-0 lead over Jeff today. Finally, Scotty Bowman won nine Stanley Cups as a head coach in the NHL. What was the last year he won the Stanley Cup with the Detroit Red Wings? Jeff! 
without the options, you said 2,000. Jamie, you said 2,002. Took you less than two and a half seconds this time around. Correct answer is 2002. That's correct. Jeff. Bad Brady. <laughs> you have chosen poorly. You lose. Jeff, in all fairness, you did call this. You called it. Uh, unfortunately for you, is the only thing you called today. But you know what? You still had a lot of fun. You advanced. You were like Babe Ruth instead of pointing to the <laughs> outfield. You pointed right to the to the bench and yeah. said, "I'm gonna strike out and head right to the bench." I'm sorry, Jeff. Uh, look, Jamie got you day six zero. Yeah, it's all good. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks Have a good playing. one, man. Yeah, good work. All right. Thank uh, you. I feel bad for Jeff. He kn- he knew the beating was coming, and uh, unfortunately for him, Jamie just he delivered. He delivered. Hey, plays him ten times. Jamie might win nine. He might. Yeah. And when he wins, probably about mm-hmm. six by six or so. <laughs> I would Maybe say eight. you know not today, not tonight, but like obviously that wasn't the case. No, 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 no. It was definitely today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, Jamie. We'll yeah. See, we'll see you, buddy. I'm really leaving this That's time. That's a walk Anthony. off for Jamie. Yeah. Yeah. He's gonna do some uh, Valley Sportsman West pre and post game tonight as the Blues host the Flyers. But you guys got a great replacement for me. Yeah, we do. We got Michelle Smallman. Michelle Smallman. Michelle Smallman from the bullpen. That's right. Live from New York. Michelle's going to. Better gonna... than the Cardinals bullpen right now. Yes, absolutely. There's no question about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michelle's going to be with us today. She's going to be with us Thursday. And she's going to be with us Friday. So it's going to be a, a Michelle Smallman type fast lane for three of the next four days. Jamie, Perfect. we'll see you tomorrow, man. You got it, man. There you go. That's Jamie Rivers. Michelle Smallman and I have got you covered until six o'clock. And no better person to talk to about the first adversity for City SC than Michelle Smallman. That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. With Michelle Smallman filling in now for Jamie Rivers. We get you covered until 6 o'clock leading up to the Blues and Flyers pregame. Michelle joining us from New York City. Or is it Bristol today? Is it New in- York today. New, New York, York today. My mom is in town visiting, oh, so we're nice. in New York. Yeah, we had quite the morning, just uh, a quick before we talk about city. Um, you know, in New York, there's always celebrities roaming the streets. Sure. And I'm not one to have like a big celebrity sighting. But my mom loves the Today Show. And today we went to Central Park so I could do my show prep outside because it's a beautiful day here sure. in New York. And we're standing on the corner right by Central Park. And all of a sudden, a car rolls up to the corner, rolls down the window, and there's a woman in the back seat, and she's singing New York, New York out the window. And it's Hoda from the Today Show. No Hoda kidding. Copy. And my mom lives for the Today Show. So I got this whole video of my mom and Hoda singing New York, New York together. So it's been a great day for your girl. No kidding. That's fantastic. Yes. So shout out to Hoda for being a woman of the people. People. Wow! How about that? What timing for I know, your mom? It was mom. unreal. It and was out crazy. of all, like out of, out of of all people, I mean, just to, to be in that spot and that, I mean, it was it was destiny. It was, it was, but it was a good morning and an even better afternoon because I'm here with you guys. Well, we appreciate it, Michelle. And again, Michelle is going to be with us today. She'll also do the final two hours of the show on Thursday as Jamie's got some more Bally Sports Midwest coverage. And then Michelle's going to team up with Jamie live in studio on Friday because uh, the Stalter household's getting a new HVAC unit. Michelle, we're, 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 AC unit is out. Swiss Air is coming over. Fortunately for us, uh, they're going to do a great job. But 
Somebody's got to be there to let him in and whatnot. And <laughs> Kristen does important work. Unlike me, I get to joke around for four hours every day. So uh, Michelle's going to be in with Jamie on Friday. But Michelle wanted to talk to you about City SC. So unfortunately, they, they suffered their first loss. I didn't think it was going to happen. I thought that they were going to run the table for the, <laughs> the existence of their, you know, their, their franchise. But they lose to Minnesota United 1-0 on Saturday. And just like the road team winning uh, a, a series game, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, you say like whether it's baseball, hockey, basketball, it's not a series until the road team wins a game. Right. It's not. It's not truly the start of a season in some respects until you suffer your first loss and really you face your first your first like true adversity. I love the fact that that city has started off. You know, they they were unbeaten until last Saturday. But now you have an opportunity, just like Nick Saban, you learn more from losses than from wins. This is their first this is their first bit of adversity, Michelle. So how do you think they're gonna handle this as as an expansion franchise after a month plus of nothing but pure excitement? I am not concerned about this team in the slightest, Anthony, for several reasons. First of all, the anticipation that was surrounding this team leading into the regular season was immense. And the moment was not too big for them. The stage was not too big for them. They've already overcome so many things that most of us expected that they would not be ready for. And they were, if we've learned a lot about, or the things that we've learned about this team is that they are ready for pressure. They have, uh, to quote Ted Lasso, the memory of a goldfish, or at least we're going to find out if that if that really rings true. But I say that because they've had how many wins where they've come from behind? They Even in-game, they've been put in situations where they've had to overcome obstacles, and they have a composure about them that I didn't expect, and I fully anticipate that we're going to see that after this loss. Plus, they had their chances in that game. No right. opponent has been too tough for them up until this point and I know that they're going to take that confidence moving forward and I anticipate we see a big time response out of this team yeah you know St. Louis they they kept the they kept the ball a whopping 60 percent in the first half they dominated possession as you mentioned Michelle City City had their opportunities and there was I mean one in the first 10 minutes a, a you know a header that sailed over over the crossbar they had several opportunities they had a penalty kick at one point or free kick uh Pardon my, le- I I don't know all the lingo yet. I'm learning. I believe it was I believe it was a free kick at that point. It kicked kicked it too high. Uh, Klausdale had an opportunity a couple of times. We're, we call him Klausdale, by the way. That's oh, our nickname can, for can Klaus. Can you give me the reason? Like a Clydesdale. Like a Clydesdale. Love exactly. It. Yeah. So Klausdale. He's our thoroughbred. Exactly. Bingo. He had, he had his opportunity. He he missed wide a couple of times. Had an opportunity to tie it late on a great feed from Klausdale at one point from the corner. It just didn't happen. I think the the key, though, is that Minnesota was different from from my understanding of it. The Minnesota defense was different in that they 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 play back, they kind of crowd things in front of the net, and despite the fact that the, all these turnovers led to counterattacks for SC, Minnesota was calm, and I don't think that we saw that from previous opponents, Michelle. Mm-hmm. And credit City for forcing those turnovers forcing that panic and taking taking advantage of the panic in previous games. But now you got a Minnesota team that is not under is is not uh undefeated but they they haven't lost either and they 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 were completely calm. 
and they snuffed out every turnover. They snuffed out every counterattack. So I think that this is a great opportunity for City to kind of learn from it, realize where maybe they 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 could have been a little bit more patient, maybe waited for a more quality opportunity as opposed to firing to the net. But I think that at the end of the day, I'm, I'm not worried either. And even with everything you just said, Anthony, the game came down to missed opportunities by City and some sus calls on some officiating that we can get into. (laughs) And City's had some really lucky bounces and things that have gone their way in previous games, and you knew that that wasn't going to last forever and that that the undefeated streak was not going to last forever. Eventually, the carriage was going to turn into a pumpkin. But I love that their first loss came in a match that they could have taken that was highly contested, and it wasn't just a blowout. You know, they're they're still right in it with with any team that they face, win or lose. What would you think of the call? I didn't like it. I didn't like it at all. Are you talking about the Klaus one? Yes. Yeah, I didn't like it at all. Oh no the um, the the Parker one, the one on Parker to set up to set up the the only goal. Yeah, I I. I'm a homer, so I, I didn't, I didn't somebody, like okay, either though, call. But. All right, but as somebody that has played the game, and you played it, you played it in high school, and you played. Did you play a little bit in college? At least some well, intramural. No, Anthony, I was not good enough to play in college. Okay, but, but thank you for assuming that I was. <laughs> but but somebody but somebody played in high school. Somebody that does a podcast. You get you get you and Moon do a great job. Uh, Moon from our sister station 105.7 The Point. You you guys do your your soccer 101 podcast. You can find it at 101 ESPN.com or wherever you download a podcast. Thank you. <laughs> what did you think objectively? I thought it was physicality, Anthony. That's okay. I, I, seriously, <laughs> sounds I, like I'm not biting. I'm not biting. I'm I'm all city all the time. Um, I understand the ref was letting him play, and he finally made a call. I get it, but I just I wouldn't have done it. That's me. All right, fair enough. So city SC now after losing their first game, they have an opportunity to rebound. They take on the Seattle Sounders Saturday at nine thirty, and that game will be. I always flip that. This jacks me up all the time. They're oh, on the that, road on the schedule. Yes, they're <laughs> on the too. road. The so bottom team myself. in soccer is on the road. Marsh, it screws me up every mm. time I look. I have to pause and and understand what I'm what I'm looking at. Every other basketball, hockey, baseball, football home team listed on the bottom. MLS, they flip it. And maybe it's all soccer. I don't know. But road mm. team, road team on the bottom. So they got Seattle. And then they take on Cincinnati. From what I've read, Cincinnati's been very good this year. So they have uh, they have another opportunity here against a couple quality opponents coming up to right the ship. But first days of adversity. Why don't they just put, like, away team at home team? You know? I don't know, Marsh. They should put the you, at logo. You're asking. The, not the logo, but the symbol. You're asking questions mm. that nobody knows the answers to. I feel like somebody and we knows can't the find out. Can't find out. Michelle Smallman, Anthony Stalters, the fast lane on 101 ESPN. Uh, let's uh, let's go back to the, the the Cardinals. Get Michelle's viewpoint because we haven't had Michelle on since the start of the season. So we'll get her viewpoints of not only the offense but the pitching staff. I also want to ask both of you guys this. Our fans getting a little out of hand. There was an incident in Major League Baseball where I thought to myself, you know, if you're going to punish the athlete, why don't you punish the fan too? That's next on 101 ESPN. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. 
Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. With Michelle Smallman filling in for Jamie Rivers, I'm Anthony Stalter. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Michelle, your your thoughts? Four games in now for the Cardinals. We hadn't had an opportunity to talk to you since the opening day festivities last Thursday. So your your quick Cardinals takeaways thus far. First things first. First, Anthony Jeff Albert, who this, <laughs> this Cardinals offense is looking pretty dangerous. When no? you get them out, then you're good. <laughs> then you start hitting. Well, it's so funny watching that first series. I I thought about the years that we spent of our lives talking about the Jeff Albert approach. And Mm -hmm. I know it's a small sample size. I know it's an early sample size. But the Jeff Albert-less Cardinals offense, pretty productive, no? I would say so. This is is a legit offense. It's an an offense that has already gotten – uh, kind of a lot of buzz. I know there's, you know, you read the athletic just like I do. There was a there's a baseball scout, unnamed baseball scout, that said this is this is one of the best lineups. It's going to be dangerous all season long. You think about the depth, the the length of the lineup. I can't remember a lineup since since doing radio in St. Louis. It was back in I think Duncan and I started. We started with the turn in 2013. Actually, was the so 10 years. I can't remember an offense this deep. I'm not talking about like best overall lineup, but the last 10 years, one through nine now, of course, you got the DH, one through nine. I can't remember a lineup that that's potentially this deep in the last 10 years. I'm with you. And there's so many different iterations of it that you can put together that excite you. Yeah. Um, I know that that Newt is injured, but I love that one-two punch off the top of mm-hmm. Donovan and Newt Bar. Um, you obviously have some major weapons in, in the middle of your lineup. I love the emergence of Nolan Gorman. Um, Jordan Walker looks like the stage is not too big for him. Can't no. wait to see how he continues to grow. Th- think about what we've seen out of him so far and what that could look like by playoff time. He looks like he belongs. He does. He absolutely does. That's the best way to phrase it, Anthony. Ball, he does. Yeah, ball's jumping off the bat. We haven't seen the power yet, but so what? It's likely coming. He, it's he's, coming. I mean, he, he's. it's not like he's got... 13 at bats with eight Ks. You know, you just he he does. He looks like he belongs. Here's the other exciting part, and I mean this. I'm being genuine here because as we talk about, it, how many times do we get in an off season and we talk about Cardinal spending? Mm-hmm. I'm to me, Michelle, the best aspect of it besides the depth, besides as you as you pointed out, they can roll out different lineups with different variations, and still and you still wind up really liking it. Tommy Edmond, who's leading off tonight against the Braves, he's homegrown. Dylan Carlson, who's in the two-hole, is, is homegrown. Goldie Arnato, not, obviously. Contreras, not. Tyler O'Neill is not homegrown. He was acquired from Toronto, but he did spend time within you know the farm system at least a little bit. Jordan Walker, homegrown. Uh, the, reg- the regular lineup, we'll call it, when you when you got Lars Newbar, who is healthy. When he is healthy, he's homegrown. Donovan. Homegrown, mm-hmm. uh, Nolan Gorman, uh, Nolan Gorman, homegrown. 
Who am I missing? Alec Burleson, there homegrown. I mean, these guys, you have homegrown talent mixed in with three, four, five that is not homegrown. And here's what's important about that. You did not miss on the Paul Goldschmidt trade. Nope. You did not miss on the Nolan Arenado trade. Nope. And thus far, the early returns on Wilson Contreras, who you're paying, you know, $85 million to, you did not miss. These guys are hitting in the middle of your order, and you're spending big money, so they hit in the middle of your order. This offense thus far, Michelle, has been outstanding, and I don't think it's a fluke. Isn't it funny, too, because we always look at the Dodgers as kind of the gold standard, and isn't this exactly what they do? They have homegrown talent, and they spend to bring in superstars to complete their lineup. For all the Mo haters, he's done just that. He's done exactly what you praise other teams for. He grew all of this talent within young, cost-controlled talent in places of need and went out and acquired superstars, by the way, on team-friendly deals. Yes, no kidding. It's important. It's important to have home. The majority of your lineup needs to be homegrown. Why? Cost control, flexible spending, and then when the and, and this is an issue, and we'll get to it. But the pitching has been an issue. You're yes. gonna you're gonna have to either spend in prospect assets or dollars to to upgrade this pitching staff. The pit the starting pitching thus far, the numbers speak for itself. Stephen Matz goes tonight. After Matz goes. It's one time through the through the the rotation and and it's been brutal. It's 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 been ugly. And there were a lot of questions surrounding the rotation heading into the season and I <laughs> I just wonder how long because offenses always have ebbs and flows right and and so far we're praising them everything is great but at some point there's there's going to be a downturn we're going to see some slumps you're not going to there's going to be injuries just like to large new part this it, this is what happens that's how baseball go and if the rotation <laughs> doesn't find its rhythm or and injuries persist and then you have a downturn with the offense not so good no. and anthony i i expected more out of the rotation. I did have questions. I did have concerns heading into the season. I didn't expect this the first time through the rotation. No, it's been bad. I mean, Miles Michaelis, I'm not concerned because I think Miles Michaelis will, will, he will be the, what, what he is on the back of his baseball card throughout the, the whole season. But they, you know, they nickled and dimed him. There's a couple of decent hits, but okay, good Toronto lineup. And it's home opener, too. Your yeah. rhythm is not the same. You, you know what I mean? It, not that I'm making excuses for him, but that's kind of a weird day. Yeah. I, again, I don't – exactly. I'm not making excuses for him. I do expect him to figure it out. Right. Jack Flaherty, we'll get to him at 5 o'clock in our Jack Flaherty polarizing hour. Uh, but <laughs> Is that what it is That's now? the ja- – yeah. We, we, Great. We have named it the Jack Flaherty polarizing hour. Perfect. We'll get to Flaherty. Montgomery was, uh, as the kids say, mid – it was mid Whoa, look on at Sunday. You. I'm learning from Marsh. Marsh <laughs> is the young kid. I'm, I'm I'm writing down. I have a Marsh dictionary. Okay, a Martianary. A Martianary. And Michelle I just, write just dropped a Juan. Just dropped a word not too long ago. Sus. Sus. Oh yes, sus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very Love casually. Yeah. But definitely one to put in the dictionary. I think the key is to not point it out once you say the word. And Michelle mm-hmm. did that effortlessly. Mm-hmm. I I pointed it out mm-hmm. like a. You know, an old man with three kids, mm. which is what I am now. Uh, but had you not had to explain it, you executed it perfectly thank because you. he was, in fact, mid. He was mid. <laughs> he was, absolutely. And last night, Woodford, I was, I'm sorry, it, it was a disaster. His, that, that's, that stuff will not play, period. You cannot throw a four seamer in the middle of the plate to Austin Riley. 
without him saying, thank you very much. Here's a souvenir if I if if the stadium holds it. If the stadium holds it, Michelle, Sorry, here's a souvenir. You can't do it. His stuff was flat last night. He had a great spring. Maybe the second time around to a, a lesser lineup. You know, Atlanta's Atlanta's one of the best offenses in baseball. Maybe it'll look different. Kansas City's order would have hammered that last night. I'm sorry. So not great. And Wayno has been sus since last year. How dare you? He has. How da- he has not been sus. The la- are you kidding me? Adam Wainwright has not been suspect. When when He's injured? When have you? And maybe he ran out of gas, but that is not sus, Anthony. And Michelle, when was it's the last time sus. you felt good about Wayno? Maybe before I moved. And when was that? <laughs> September. Last Thank year. you. But listen, the he's not my sus, case. Anthony. If we're doing the Martianary, sus means suspect. I don't okay. think he's suspect. I think he's aging. It's been aging for a while. But that's not sus. <laughs> Anthony, who cares what you think? I know, Janet. I know. Come on, okay? I'm not going to let you do Uncle Charlie like that. I call right. him sus on these airwaves. He's got a beautiful singing voice. He'll be fine. He really does. And man, can he flip a coin. Yes, he can. He's everywhere. <laughs> and you know that what? Adam Wainwright. He's on tomorrow at 9.15. I'll be tuned in. There you go. Opening drive. How about that? See what we do there? You know, just promote. Yeah. Promote the station. Promote that Wainwright's going to be on for his big league impact. It's all about promotion. But, Anthony, once he comes back and he's healthy, he'll eat some innings for you. Absolutely, Michelle. No question about it. Hey, we got some tickets to give away right now. Kiss tickets. That's right. You like Kiss, Michelle? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I can name one Kiss song. I know they paint their faces. What's that guy? Not Gene Simmons. Gene Is Simmons. Gene Simmons? Yeah, All right, Gene there Simmons. you go. Yeah, there you go. They sing the, ah, want to rock and roll all night. Because then you stick your tongue out. Yeah. That's them. So we have your chance every day this week to win a pair of tickets to see Kiss on October 25th at Enterprise Center. Tickets for the end of the road tour are now on sale. Very last tour for the legendary Kiss band. Or you can win free tickets right now, in fact, if you answer the correct uh, or if you answer our trivia question today at 314-399-9646, you'll, you'll win a free pair of tickets. Here is your question. There was a film that was made about a KISS tribute band back in the is like late 90s. What was the name of the film? What was the name of the film? Edward Furlong acted in it. He was in it. If you don't know, who's Edward Furlong? Have you seen this boy? That should give you a little bit of a clue. The movie wasn't T2, by the way. There was no kiss references in, T- in Terminator 2. But what was the movie that was kind of based on a kiss song and a tribute? I think it was a kiss tribute band is what they did. If you have the correct answer, 314-399-9646, you'll get your, your chance to uh, go see kiss. Anthony, you did it again. I did it again. Yeah. Because we got the sports six back too. Marsh, you pull some questions. Yeah, well, if I can find them. I have one question for you yeah. that will lead off the Sports Six Pack next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. I have a question. 
question. It's time for the Fast Lane to answer your sports questions. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. Answer the question. Answer the question. Asking me all these weird questions. Answer me! The Sports Six Pack is refreshed by Schlafly Beer, the original St. Louis craft brewery. With Michelle Smallman filling in for Jamie Rivers, I'm Anthony Stalter, and this is the Sports Six Pack. Question number one. All right, I'm going to actually yeah, start this the... one off. Let me start this wow, one Wow, okay. Yeah, sorry. Make it about yourself. No, I just... Jamie look. leaves, and now it's your show. <laughs> no, Marsh, I teased it, and you got to pay off teases. Oh, yeah, that's right. True, so, true. I forgot, I forgot so, you did that. Question number one from yeah, the 101 ESPN one. studio. Exactly. Yeah. Here's my question to you guys. We saw that Anthony Rendon of the Angels went after a fan following last Thursday night's game in Oakland. So the Angels lose, they're walking off the field, and Rendon goes to uh, the side of, you know, like where the stands are, and they they have to walk through this little tunnel before, and and you could tell, like, he's drawn back and forth with the fan, fan gets too close, and then Rendon grabs him and holds on to him for, I don't want to say a while, but it was was more than just a, a quick pull. Rendon has been, he was suspended for five games, got reduced to four. I'm okay with it. As an athlete, you know, if you, if you touch fans, you touch, uh, you know, if you go after fans or anything like that, it's a bad look for Major League Baseball or if it's hockey or whatever, you got to do – I understand that. My question to you guys, though, is should there also be some checks and balances for fans? Because in my, my, point, my, my viewpoint here, my opinion, buying a ticket to a game doesn't give you the freedom to do absolutely anything you want. You want to boo and some – okay, I think booing is lame. But if you want to go and boo and – fine. You think booing's lame? I think booing. I think booing like, is lame. I've what? never, I've never gone to a game and felt so compelled to boo. Oh, I just. Well, just you haven't lived, oh, but seems buddy. Just Come on, booing is so fun. It's kind of the point of being a fan. It's okay. to cheer or to boo. Mm-hmm. You, you got I'm one a, or two. Anthony's more of a jeer type guy. Nah, I just, you know, <laughs> I don't boo. Anyways, if you want to boo, fine. But it, clearly, Rendon was ticked off. Ticked off enough. It's not like he's got a reputation of going into. The, the crowd or, or getting into a fans. He felt whatever was said, he felt compelled enough to grab this fan and get and get into it with him. Mm-hmm. So whatever the fan said had to be worthy enough for Anthony Rendon to be to be, to, to draw that reaction. He said he called him a B. Yeah. A bad okay. hitter. He should be touching seats, not fans, <laughs> Anthony. That you're, you know what, Marsh? You're absolutely right. Taking Rendon out, out of it, though, and maybe this wasn't the right case to just highlight it. Do, does there need to be some sort of checks and balances for fans who, who are just hurling obscenities and things like that at players? Uh, yes. And I know that putting your hands on someone is not cool on Rendon's part. And I know that he spoke to the, the gentleman and apologized. The guy apologized to Rendon. He said they're ready to move forward. And clearly his emotions got the best of him in that moment, right? And as an athlete, you're expected to rise above all of that. The right. criticism, the jeering, the booing, it comes with the gig. You know that that's going to happen. But also, Anthony, I think fans have got to have some sort of checks and balances, like you said. 
I think the fans that go after families of athletes should be banned for life. Uh, 100%. I, I, that is so Bush League for you to trash talk someone's family who's there watching someone they love do their job. That's awful. You should be kicked out forever if you do that. I also think we live in a society where everybody is so tough and they feel so compelled to say whatever they want about somebody behind the privacy of a keyboard. And that has translated into real life. We have no respect for one another. We have no elegance as a society. And I'm sick of people thinking that they can say whatever they want to someone without any repercussions. Should Anthony Rendon have touched him? Absolutely not. But I also think if you are going to call someone a B, you better be ready to back it up. In a fight, no, but you better expect somebody to, to come after you. And you better be ready to back it up. Michelle, well said, especially the part about our society. I think that the the only course here, and I, I really want to see it in hockey, fan gets too too much out of line. Okay, You have a quick, very quick, hey, uh, there's a ruling on this, just like there's instant instant replay rules. Real quick ruling on this. Some sort of arbiter, you know, arbitrator comes in and says, okay, uh, fan gets locked in a room with a player for five minutes. I agree. I would mm. love that. I would pay pay-per-view to watch that. Same season. What do you call it? Seven minutes in hell? <laughs> Seven Great. minutes in hell. Yes. <laughs> and then let's go- see. Wait, hold on. If we say trademark on the air, does that mean we own it? Trademark? Yes, trademark. Okay, great. Yeah. So that fan mm. goes into a, a locked room for seven minutes and uh, has to deal with that athlete. And nothing is done. I mean, you, there's no lawsuits. There's no... That is just... We're talking right. about, uh, you know, anything but death is on the table. I agree with what Michelle's saying. You can't say, like, you know, inappropriate things. If you want to yell, hey, you know, you can't, you couldn't hit a, you know, a beach ball if you were on a beach. You know, or, you know what I'm saying? Or you couldn't hit water if you were out in the ocean. You know, stuff like that, like funny stuff that's kind of stupid. Well, funny, I get least. it. You know, throwing batteries yeah. at players, you know, I could maybe get behind that as well. If no, you're Philly. no, no not on. that one. No, oh, okay, no, no, I'm just kidding. Back. Uh, we got a text, though, from the 618. Unless it's Jackson and Brittany Mahomes, you definitely can, <laughs> you know, talk to uh, family members. He said, those two suck. But you know what? They <laughs> do it to, to other people. And that's yeah. the difference is they are the first ones to she's the first one to be getting in other people's faces. So right. she better expect it back, and which is what I mean about the fans. If you're going to get in an athlete's face and call him a B, this is a human being. You mm-hmm. better expect some heat back. And everybody's so tough until somebody turns around and said, what did you say? What did you say to me? Then they're all polite. I didn't exactly. mean it, buddy. Yeah. My bad. Love you. Will you sign my shirt? Right. And I just think that words matter. I mean, growing up, what's the first thing that you were taught? Don't call people names. And I know this is mm-hmm. sports and it's fun to do that. But there's there's a line when it becomes a personal attack and it's, it's just wrong. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't come to your job at the bank. And if you're too slow giving me my cash, I don't call you a B. I would be escorted out of the bank if I did that. <laughs> Right, and Look I think. Look at the teller. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you get fired. You're the worst at the bank. Same and I, rules. And I know it's same rules apply. It's same a rules different apply, arena. Though. You know, we 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 pay money to go to the game, and that comes with certain privileges, and it is supposed to be fun. And we make a living on criticizing people. <laughs> I, I get all of these things, but I just I think that 
as a society, we have got to be checked. Mm-hmm. We are not going to respect one another anymore until people are checked, unfortunately. Certainly. And we're checked. Sorry, I got fired up about that. No, I like that. And we're checked. People hold us in check. Oh, yeah, but... Anthony, the people that that send you hateful messages are the first to want to take a selfie with you. And they I just are. I, I know the, those those I know people, people I didn't know they're hating would not say those things to your face. No, probably not. And I wonder how those people would feel if we got our five minutes to watch them do their job and tell them what we thought about them. It's the whole reverse the like the the heckling a comedian. Were you a Seinfeld fan at all? No, I never watched okay. it. I know it's the worst. No, d- I'm the worst. I'm the worst. I think it was Kathy Griffin was on was was doing a um, a cameo on Seinfeld one time, and she was heckling Jerry Seinfeld. So Seinfeld went to Jerry Seinfeld went to her work and was heckling her. It's kind of funny. Maybe, that would be great. I would maybe love that. Turnabout is fair play on that. We did establish earlier in the show the ELE. Everyone love everybody. Yeah. Anthony with his own rendition of Be Good Humans. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then proceeded to beat up on me. But uh, <laughs> I did that's not. not the point. The Come point is, is to be good humans yes. uh, to each other. Exactly. For sure. Should we get the question two or do we have another time? That's your sports one pack here okay. on the Fastlane on 101 I ESPN. No. I asked the question. Mm-hmm. I kind of embodied Ranthony there, did I not? I liked it. You know, I liked it. I liked the passion. You spoke, you know, very, very uh, eloquently, Thank I mean, you. it was it was well done, Michelle. I'm just sick of people mouthing off. Everybody's got something negative to say. Yeah. And, until that person turns around and said, "What did you say to me?" I... No, maybe it's because I'm Italian, but I'm like, come on, <laughs> you you want to you want to say it to my face? You better be ready to back it up. Bring it on. <laughs> That's Michelle Smallman. I'm Anthony Stolzer. Do we want to continue the sports sex way or just move forward here? Let's move. Isn't forward. it the Jack Flaherty hour? Yeah, we got to get to the the Jack Flaherty polarizing hour. Come on now. I saw at The Athletic, one of the writers called Jack Flaherty the National League's most important enigma. And we've talked about Flaherty being polarizing and like what side are you going to get out of Flaherty? I I never would have considered Jack Flaherty the NL's most important enigma. But I found it fascinating nonetheless. We'll get into that conversation next on 101 ESPN. Oh, for God's sake. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. We got a great text to the Air Comfort Service text line, 314-399-9646, who said, Boo! <laughs> you guys couldn't finish a sports six-pack if you tried. Terrible. Can we? Can I take a selfie with you guys? <laughs> so well done. Amazing text. And also, Anthony, see, it's fun to boo. Okay. And booing's not personal. Not. Nah, I, don't, I, I, just, I, don't, I just don't do it. I'm not. I'm, if you want to do the boo thing, go for it. Just, I'm not going to be at a... So what do you do at a sporting event if you hate the opposition? Just don't clap? You just sit in silence and fume? Uh, If I'm at the game, Michelle, you know I love to curse. That guy sucks. I'm Italian. Yeah. Yeah. With your hands, too. A good hand gesture. Absolutely. Yeah, that's right. I'll probably, you know, say to whoever I'm with, that guy sucks. Yeah, that (laughs) or this guy blanking. 
sucks or right. this guy's the worst. You know, I like to use uh, satire and exaggeration when I get angry or frustrated. Okay. So I, I just don't I don't do the boo thing. I'll, I'll just keep it I'll keep it in house with whatever company I'm there with. Cool. You know, I like respect it. Jack Flaherty. Sure. Throws a no-no for five innings. Career-high seven walks. Couldn't find the strike zone if you paid him. That guy he sucks. Didn't. No, no, don't. Marsh, why oh. do you keep playing that? Oh, I, I said th- that about Freddie Peralta like a year ago. <laughs> you keep playing it. I mean, you said it. I did say it, but not about Flaherty. All right, so Jack Flaherty. By the way, we didn't talk about this yesterday. Did you guys see the Jack Flaherty hype video on Twitter? Of course I did. I of course have, you I have did. Notes. Yeah, I hashtag thought, don't think, notes. Anthony. Did you did you see that, Marsh? Anthony, I see everything. Well, we didn't. Why didn't we talk about it yesterday? You got to bring you gotta, when you you're the social media guy. Mm-hmm. You got to bring this stuff to my attention. Okay. Well, everybody has a a hype video these days. Newt Bar had one. Jordan Walker had one. Yeah, but Flaherty, who hasn't pitched in like a year and a half, pitched well in a year and a half. He does the whole Joker hype video thing. What what do you want me to do about it, Anthony? It was well done. I can't show the listeners the video. They can't see it. You can show me the video, which is what I'm looking for. Anyways, I thought the video was well done. A little weird, though, I thought. Anthony, I'm sorry. With Jack Flaherty. That's okay. Can I tell you my thoughts on this? Yes, please. Two things. One, it was edited beautifully. It was. It really was. Soundtrack, uh, a beautiful crescendo of the music. Yeah. Okay. The highlight package was great. The Joker thing in sports is so overdone. I'm so sick of athletes wanting to embody the Joker. I get the reference. You want to be a monster. You want to be a killer. You want to incite chaos. I know that Jack Flaherty is a Kobe guy and Kobe loved the Joker. I know all of these things. But every athlete is like, I love the Joker. <laughs> Let's play the Dark Knight music. It's just like so overdone. Mm-hmm. However, if you're going to put out that hype video, and then you're going to give up seven walks, I know five scoreless. But I don't know if the result matched the hype video. You want to know how no. I walked all these batters? <laughs> I couldn't find the strike zone. I do think, though, you guys. Well done, Marsh. That was really good. That was really you good. Seen him. You should have seen him. You can't see With us? Michelle, you can't see him, but he even did like the. Yeah, like he even, over. yeah, he did the whole like <laughs> facial. Dent? The wow, facial that expert. That's really good, good Marsh. Really well good. done. Also, though, and I I took notes on the video. I watched it three times and I took oh, notes on the video. Wow. Yeah, because I knew we would talk about that <laughs> yeah. clarity at some point. And I felt that the video would be relevant. Five o'clock hour. Every, every day, five o'clock. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll see you on, on Thursday and Friday. Now, I love his confidence in himself. I really do. You, what, what would, do we want him to, to tweet out, I hope this year's different, guys. No. <laughs> hope we to stay healthy. Guy. Here's to yeah. a healthy 2023. <laughs> guys, Sign Jack Flaherty. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we want him to mentally, and of course physically, embody the ace that we have expected him to be. Mm-hmm. And I love that he thinks he's that guy. Do I want the result to be better? Yes. Do I want the health to be there? Of course. But I love that he has that confidence in himself. And his hashtag, as Marsh mentioned, is is don't think. And I do think even though it was a, a puzzling start for Jack Flaherty, in years past, he's a guy that wears his emotions. We see the body language. And right. when he got into trouble, I thought he did embody that don't think in this first outing. We didn't see what we normally saw with the body language from Jack Flaherty. We did see him regain himself mentally and move forward out of some tough spots. So 
even though it was uh, an interesting start, to say the least, I do think from that standpoint, that was a positive step forward for well, him. Well, speaking of interesting, Michelle, and, and, and this isn't... This is in some way, shape, or form something that we have all talked about leading leading up to this season. Jack Flaherty is that, you know, could he be an X factor? What what version are we going to get out of Jack Flaherty? Uh, it, it could be on one side of the extreme, he's either not available or somebody that could be a, a legit ace for the card. Like, we, we had these conversations, and this is on the same line of those conversations. But I thought that the way that this was phrased was really interesting. So the athletic, I think it was our guy Ken Rosenthal, who did kind of like the takeaways, his top takeaways thus far. No, it was Andy McCullough. So he wrote number six, Jack Flaherty is the National League's most important enigma. And I love the choice, the, the word choice of enigma because that's kind of what Flaherty is. But Flaherty... The 27-year-old right-handed pitcher, he goes out and, and he included the hype video that we just talked about. Uh, then, you know, went out and, as Michelle pointed out, career-high seven walks, but also didn't give up a hit or a run. He writes, to rival executives and scouts, a primary uh, primary concern for St. Louis is the lack of top-end talent in the starting rotation. Adam Wainwright, Miles Michaelis, Jordan Montgomery, and Stephen Matz, all reliable arms who lack the ability to miss bats and tends to matter more in the postseason. The external search for an ace is never easy. Don't expect the, Bra- the, the Brewers to field many calls from St. Louis about Corbin Burns, so a rebound from Flaherty would be crucial. Lots of questions still unanswered, writes one National League evaluator. Again, all stuff that we've talked about. But to call him the NHL's mo- the, the NHL the NL's most important enigma would would indicate Michelle that Jack Flaherty, at least to this athletic writer, could be like the main difference in the league. Some somebody that could flip the almost the landscape in the National League. I don't know how far off the writer is when you consider how good the offense is for the Cardinals, and of course highlighting what they need, which is a top end starter. I just wouldn't view, I just haven't viewed Flaherty as the most important enigma in the National League. I thought it was an interesting kind of way to phrase that. Well, let's first, Anthony, look at the definition of enigma, okay? Mm-hmm. It is a person or thing that is mysterious, puzzling, or difficult to understand. We have a lot of questions and or X factors on different teams and players in the National League that could certainly sway what happens in October. But I don't think those questions are puzzling. I don't think that they're an enigma. We have questions about the Mets and the health of their pitching. I mean, Verlander right now is an X factor with his health and what we're going to get from him in New York. But is that an enigma? No, No. that's not an enigma. When he's healthy, we know what we know we're getting. What are some other... Okay, I'm just pulling some of these out. Like the Phillies, right? With the Hoskins injury. Castellanos is going to be more important. And he is sometimes mercurial. Mm -hmm. Is that an enigma, though? No. No. I really do think that Jack Flaherty is is the enigma of the National League because of the skill set and the potential that has yet to be consistently met. Sure. He could change a lot for the Cardinals if he is the Jack Flaherty we saw in the second half of 2019. I, yeah. if, if that guy can stay healthy, we're, you're having a different discussion when it comes playoff time. I guess it's just a matter of do you believe that he could be that guy? 
And after one start, we're left with more questions than answers <laughs> at this point. It, it is. That start was, it, it, that start couldn't have been more perfect for the way he was described as an enigma. Very true. Very true. I also think, go ahead, Marsh, you got a flair to come? No, I do, but you, you go first. Well, I was going to talk about, see, to me, the the other, like, if you're looking at the other mysteries in the National League, typically you wouldn't call them this. Did, have you guys seen the Dodgers lineup? Have you guys seen the bottom, specifically, of the Dodgers lineup? Jason Hayward, who had home run last night, is starting for the Dodgers and hitting eighth. Somebody named Josh Altman, who had like a triple last night or two triples last night, is off to a great year, is hitting six for the Dodgers. Like they've got, to, to, I'm just talking about the National League, the, the National landscape, maybe not those in LA. The Dodgers lineup, once you get past f- like the fifth spot, is a, is a total mystery. And I don't get it because they're the Dodgers, and I'm waiting for them. And I've joked about it, but I've only been like, it's only been kind of tongue in cheek. I'm waiting for them to trade for Shohei Otani because the Dodgers have been way too quiet. They were way too quiet in the offseason. They signed Kershaw, re signed him, and said, all right, we're good. We're done. That is weird. That to me is like the enigma. The Dodgers are about to do something. Everybody's got all their attention on the Padres, and rightfully so. Mm-hmm. You know, people are looking at the Phillies and the Mets and the Braves, of course. The the Cardinals are drawing attention just because of the Cardinals. Nobody's talked about the Dodgers, and they're just freaking me out right now. I think we Waiting don't talk about them. them because they've been such a constant. I know, but look but at them. But you're right, we don't. We're not We're not discussing them as uh, the questions no. surrounding the Dodgers. You're Marsh right. Marsh is that. hitting ninth tonight for the Dodgers. He's yeah, ninth. I am. And come, probably hit a home run. Yeah, all-star. That's what they turned me into. They did. They will. Yeah. Yeah. What were you going to say, Marsh? Oh, I was just saying um, I, I wanted to bring this up and, and shout out to all the uh, my comic book friends on the tax line that maybe Jack Flaherty should have made a Riddler um, oh, hype video oh, yeah, because good call. the Riddler, his uh, name is Edward Nigma. Enigma. Oh, nice. Yeah. Well done, tax line. So, okay, I, I can see that. Shout yeah. out to all the, all the listeners who were on the same uh, wavelength as I was. I don't know if the Jim Carrey version of the Riddler yeah. has the same effect as uh, Heath Ledger's version of the Joker. The new Riddler, though. Who's the new Riddler? Paul Dano. Really? I don't even know who that is. I don't even know who that is either. Pretty, pretty good actor. Okay. Name one thing he's been in. Uh, he was also in... Uh, a movie with Jake Gyllenhaal and um, Heath Ledger. Oh, he was in a, mo- a movie. Great. Yeah, he's in a movie. Cool. Yeah. Was it with Jake Gyllenhaal Heath Ledger and, and, no, 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 and Jake no. Gyllenhaal? What's no, his but, name? Uh, Paul Dano. Standby research is on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a good actor. All right. Well, you guys do that. I want to congratulate Joe, who won the KISS tickets. Joe from St. Louis had the correct answer to our trivia question, which was, what movie, late 90s, was uh, kind of surrounded a Kiss like tribute band. Edward Furlong was in it, and that answer, of course, was Detroit Rock City, which is also a Kiss song. Mm-hmm. Great movie, Detroit Rock City. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, uh, Prisoners also the movie I'm thinking of. Another great movie. Was that with um, what's his face? Guy plays Wolverine. Yeah, yeah, Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman. Mm-hmm. Was that that one? Yeah, that was that was good. That was a good movie. I saw that. Yeah. He's the guy. He's the kid. That's you know. Yeah, I don't yeah, want to yeah. spoil I got you. it because it's you. a great movie. I got you. Okay, it's a great so he's movie. him. All right, fair enough. The Riddler. 
The Riddler. Nice. Michelle Smallman, Anthony Stalzer, it's Fastlane on 101 at ESPN. We're going to take a temperature check on the new MLB rules, which got, uh, well, it got pretty interesting today. One game going on and one superstar not happy about the rules. We'll tell you what happened earlier and kind of discuss whether or not we're, we're liking these new new rule ML, MLB rule changes next on 101 ESPN. And here we go. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. With Michelle Smallman, I'm Anthony Stalter. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Don't forget to check out Jamie Rivers tonight. Valley Sports Midwest pre and post. But uh, we've got you covered right here on 101 ESPN as well as the Blues host the Flyers tonight. Here's Buster only on what changes could be made to the pitch clock in the near future. Of course, Major League Baseball changing its rules up, adding, you know, implementing a, a pitch clock. And here's what Buster only said on Freder, Freddie and Fitzsimmons, uh, again, on what changes could be made for the pitch clock in the near future. You know, in future years, it'll be interesting to see if there's some adjustment to, to some degree, maybe in the last uh, couple minutes or last couple of innings of games, maybe they'll uh, tweak some things in terms of giving you know, uh, players more times. I've had managers tell me they'd love a couple managers timeouts just to slow things down just okay. a little bit, you know, just a couple times during the game. But as I say, generally speaking, very positive reviews from a broad spectrum of people in the sport. So uh, when it comes to, like, slowing down the game thus far, Michelle, I could I could see that from a manager standpoint because so much is on the line. Mm-hmm. You've got, and I know this is part of the game. I know this is part of their job. It's what they're paid for. I get, I get it. But if you're a manager, of course you're going to fight for just a little bit more time. You're also you're also talking about a sport that is so data driven, so information driven, mm-hmm. and to process that information as quickly as possible with the new rule changes. I'm sure. Again, speaking for managers, they 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 want it changed, but we care about it from a fan perspective. So thus far, Michelle, what have you thought about the MLB new rule changes? I absolutely love them. I love them. And I know that managers are going to fight for more time because they they want more of a runway to be able to observe and process decisions. Baseball is fighting for eyeballs and they're fighting for money. Yeah. And that is more important. <laughs> the The overall health of the sport is more important and frankly it has been boring over the past couple years i'm i am taking st louis out of the equation because we love baseball Mm -hmm. we talk about baseball all the time and we view it in a through a different lens than i think a lot of other sports fans and baseball fans but ratings have been down People have not been entertained in the manner in which they had in the past. The three true outcomes have been kind of a snooze. The walks, the strikeouts, it's its boring. And I think that Rob Manfred and Major League Baseball did extensive research on ways that they could bring excitement back into the game to get the ball back into play and to speed things up. We as a society, we don't have four hours anymore to to sit around after work and watch a baseball game. We just don't. And they needed to come up with a modern way 
to to bring more excitement to the fans. And I think they've done it. I absolutely love the pitch clock. We've seen the results. I mean, I think it cut 25 minutes out of uh, minor league games and 26 minutes out of major league games, including opening day, because having it in spring training is one thing. Seeing how it translates to a regular season game is different. But I think after the first weekend, we can say it's been a resounding success. You've cut out a lot of time. I think that we've... Uh, Limiting the shifts has certainly brought the ball back into play. You're mm-hmm. seeing you're seeing more athleticism out of players, and I have loved what I have seen so far, Anthony. And as someone who has been on the record being very critical of Rob Manfred in the past, I baseball always gets in their own way. Mm-hmm. And as someone that loves baseball, I hate watching them self sabotage. I really do. And whether it's him and the optics. During, during the lockout, the lockout itself, the start and stop and the pandemic, all, all of that nonsense, him calling the trophy a hunk of metal. <laughs> Rob Manfred is, has not had a lot of shining moments as no. the commissioner. But if he implements these rules and they breathe more life back into the game, he could he could really, I don't want to say save baseball because that sounds so dramatic, Yeah, but he, he could really alter the game in a positive way and actually shift his legacy. No, I agree with that, Michelle, and you're right. I mean, he there his stock couldn't have been lower during <laughs> during the there during uh, maybe not the pandemic, but definitely during the the lockout. I mean, yes. it, it, you're absolutely right. I mean, he was just so smug. Anytime he talked, he was talking down to fans and almost like, "Hey, you don't grasp what's really going on here." Completely tone deaf to what what uh, you know, what the fans mean to the sport. But I think you got this right, guys. I, to, to me, it's not just cut, shaving down time off the, the overall game, okay? To me, it's about flow. If, mm-hmm. And we, we know going, going to a football game, when we covered the Rams here and you're there and you're, you're watching it as a member of the media, when you're at a football game, you realize how much downtime there is. You realize how much stand, standing around time there is, how much TV time there is, mm-hmm. huddles and all that. The flow when you're at a football game, not great. The flow on a Sunday when you're watching Red Zone Channel, you're flipping around, holy smokes, nothing beats it. I know that people appreciate the flow of hockey. Same. Uh, I, I'm not quite there with the flow of soccer, but at least the, the game is it's always continue, right? Like there, right. There's always action. It's not, to me, about cutting it down from three, three hours and 15 minutes to two hours and 50 minutes. It is about the flow of the game. Sunday night, I the Sunday night game watched all of it. I'm not I'm not necessarily into Phillies and Rangers, but there was enough star power. The game flowed. It was quick. Mm-hmm. It was entertaining. Trey Turner made a great play at shortstop, which we he, he wouldn't have had to made before with the shift. Orlando Arcia last night, you know, unfortunately it was for the Braves, but. He goes. He goes to his right. Makes an, a a great throw like Jeter used to do in the '90s when you know he was in his prime. Skips it over to first base. Gets out. Uh, I think it was Goldschmidt or Arnado on the play. I want to see f- the the athleticism on display again in baseball, and it's back. I want to see the flow of a game, a natural flow of a game, be back in baseball, and it's there. I'm with you. I loved it as well. I think. Over- over the past, oh sorry, Marsh. Oh, no, over the past few years, guys, it's been the revenge of the nerds. Analytics has taken over. I right. think we're seeing the inception of the revenge of the athletes. 
Yes. And not only are singles and doubles going to be more prescient in the game, I love that we're going to see more stolen bases. I love that guys are going to be stealing bags because that's one of the more exciting moments in a baseball game. And when the ball is not in play and guys aren't on base, you're not seeing that. And right. I know that in I have this uh, right here from SB Nation. So in spring training, stolen base attempts rose from 1.6 to 2.3 per game. And on opening day, all teams combined for 21 steals compared to six last year. That's great. So you're going to see more speed. You're going to see more athleticism. I think this is going to shift the way teams build. I mean, we, we've seen it with Moneyball, you know, whatever's trendy in the way that the game evolves, we see it now with the home run. I think you're going to see teams put a premium on athletes and on speed, and it's going to result in an overall more exciting product. And I, I absolutely love it. Shout out Rob Manfred. Never thought I'd say those words. Yeah, no kidding. How about Will Contreras gunning down Acuna last night? Yeah, he's basically Yachty. Just dotted him. And then was, I mean, you could tell like the, the fierce just when he stood up. <laughs> it's like, keep going. Try to you know try to run on me again. I love it. Go ahead, Marsh. What were you gonna say? I just hate that it's come down to this where we have to implement these rules. Like people used to love baseball, but baseball, like Mich- Michelle was saying, has gotten to a point like down even to you know the the college level. Like they, they put such an emphasis on on the on home runs, right? Mm-hmm. Like it, it just ruined the game. Like I wonder if from that perspective, if you change the way kids are developing playing the game that you won't even have to get to the point where you need a pitch clock to speed the game up 30 minutes, what, to get more fans? I highly doubt there's some person out there who's like, oh, well, you know, 30 minutes, a difference in baseball? I'm a fan now. I'm going to go watch this game. Like, I went to the game the other day, and, like, it was so quick. Like, yeah, it was fun, and I liked it because it was cold outside. I'm like, ah, man, I don't want to be out here all that much anymore. It was nice, but, like, it just felt like I was there, and then I was gone. Like, I didn't really get to enjoy the game it almost felt too quick you know what i'm saying well that's interesting oh, I, wow I, really I, that I, what because when i go to a baseball game like i want to sit down i want to enjoy the game for what it is it just felt kind of quick mm-hmm. but maybe that's because you're used to your baseline being different you know what i mean mm-hmm. what once you get used to it i think you'll still settle in i was like man it's already fifth inning like jack flaherty you know, he walks seven guys, and, you know, he didn't give up a hit. But I was like, oh, wow, like, oh, my goodness, this game's almost over. Let me ask you this, though, because because it, the, the game was And that's just my at, personal opinion. Like, other people— well, you, I'm sure yeah. you're not alone, Marsh. I'm sure you're not alone. Are you more interested in going to more games this year, physically going to more games? Well, yeah, I want to, just because I— Well, one, it has nothing to do with the rules. It has everything to do with this lineup, mm-hmm. and I want to see this lineup play more games sure. live. Uh but like the pitch clock has nothing to do with with me wanting to go see the team play though. Sure, I was just wondering if it create maybe eventually it creates a you know always want always leave them wanting more. Mm-hmm. Maybe well, it creates look at that. opening day though, like opening day. Opening day dragged. I thought you thought so. I, I thought loved it dragged it because the that game was inning. awesome. Yeah, the game was exciting. I'll give you that. I thought it dragged. And maybe because we were there, you know, we're at Ballpark Village, mm-hmm. and you know, uh, it, it was different. Kind of watching the game that way. Uh, the 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 ending was exciting. There's plenty of action, but I, I thought it dragged. So I don't know. Uh, so far, so good though. Someone texted in from the three one four. He was bummed they stopped selling alcohol quicker. I mean, you're not <laughs> wrong. You're absolutely not wrong. Yeah, go down there and pregame more, Marsh. That's the well, answer. I did. Anthony. Or the after party starts earlier. Yeah, exactly. I was down there, but you know, there was a certain beer at the the local three one four. I forgot what the actual bar is called. 
in Bush Stadium. It's got like the yeah. Is that the, the low, you know the wave on the on the flag? Yeah, I forgot what it's called. It's out in uh, left field, kind of. No, it's on the first base side. Oh, it's on the first base side. First base side. Oh, I was thinking about the left field. No, bar. it's uh, it's it's like seventeen something. I, I forgot the name of it, but you you only got to be seventeen to go. No, Anthony, oh. don't be saying that. Okay, on the radio. Uh, fair enough. Anyways, it was a, it was a cool spot, and I wish I had more time. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> anyways, all right, well, let's uh, let's move on. We'll talk yeah. about the, the biggest question of the day next in the fast lane on one hundred and one ESPN. Back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's time for the Fast Lane's biggest question of the day. That's right, time for the biggest question of the day in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. I'm Michelle Smallman filling in for Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter. Here's Andrew Marsh. Yeah, we uh, we got a text to the Air Comfort Service text line from Carl. Carl asks, how much... Carl, good to <laughs> see you. <laughs> Carl asks, how much of a disappointment will it be if the Cards don't win a championship in the Goldie slash Arenado era? Well, great minds think alike, Carl, because that's something I've been thinking about a lot. And I don't know about you guys, but I love those those lists of the top 100 players or the top 50 players in baseball that they come out with before opening day. I always love to see where our guys are ranked. Mm -hmm. And I'm seeing Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt top 10, top 15. I know MLB.com had uh, Arenado number six, Goldie number seven. You got a guy that's the National League MVP and another guy who's a surefire Hall of Famer who's coming off his best all-around season of his career. And I remember years ago when I was on with Bernie, guys, John Shambi would come on with us and he would always say, the Cardinals just need better dudes. They yeah. just need more dudes on that. their team, right? Mm-hmm. And he wasn't wrong. They needed dudes. And now they have not one, but two of the best players in baseball on their team. You have a finite window to capitalize on that. And I just wonder how much pressure the front office is feeling knowing that they went out and got these two dudes that can bring you a championship and you know you ha- have a small window of opportunity to get it done. Yeah, I you know I'm sure there is that internal pressure when you because I realize that the, the payroll the payroll is always a hot topic of conversation, but you are spending a lot of money at your at your corner infield spots. And I, I anticipate the, the payroll, the, the, the Cardinals realizing what the Phillies have done and the Mets have done and the Padres have done. You're not going to match what they do, but you, you do have to extend yourself more than maybe the Cardinals were comfortable with over the past, I don't know, 10 years, right? But I also wonder, because they, they're they led by a, a president in John Mozeliak who is so measured, mm-hmm. and this is good and bad. But I wonder if he's so measured that it doesn't matter what other teams are doing or what the fan base is clamoring for, or even in a case where you don't want to waste Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt. I wonder if he ever kind of steps steps outside the box and gets a little bit more reckless. I've never seen him come anywhere close to being Dave Dombrowski. Mm-hmm. Right. Where he's like, I'm just, and, and of course he's got to get approval and all that, but this is somebody that's always been measured at the trade deadline measured and that's good because you still have 
Jordan Walker in your organization and, and Nolan Gorman in your organization and, uh, you know, name your favorite prospect in the, in the organization. Mason Wynn. Mason Wynn. But you also miss out maybe on a Juan Soto or miss out on, on whoever that next that next player is. So for me, if I'm making a prediction on what Mo will do, Michelle, I think he's going to remain who he is, and I think he's going to remain very measured and very uh, risk-averse. Uh, and I know two players does not a team make because mm-hmm. if it did, the Angels would be winning the the chip every year, Amen, right? If you, if you had Trout and Otani, uh, like you're good. I think in every preseason ranking I saw, they were number one and number two, as they should be. But the Angels are not the Cardinals. The Cardinals know how to build a team. The Cardinals know how to win, and. If, if winning, or excuse me, if spending recklessly won you a World Series, well, I think Artie Moreno and the Angels would also be hanging some banners because they love to acquire superstars and right. spend recklessly. Uh, we'll see if the Mets can get it done after an offseason where they spent recklessly. But to your point, Anthony, I wonder if he's looking at the construction of this team. He, it's very early. A lot of things still have to work themselves out. But if you're ever going to be a little reckless is it when you have these two guys yes I would as say anchors yes. on your team certainly yeah yeah the angels are too busy beating up on fans instead of beating up on teams oh, Marsh, oh. but you know they've, they're off to a good start well we'll see how the season ends i have a lot of confidence in this group as long as the uh starting pitching can eat innings so yeah you know that's a ma- that's a major concern. Is if Mo will go out at the deadline and get a starting pitcher because this offense so far has proven that you know I know it's a week into the season, yeah. But you know for my offensive narrative that I'm about to spit right now, you know, you score four four runs, maybe you win that game. You know you should win games that you score a lot of runs. You score nine runs opening day, you should win that game. Mm-hmm. Like you should win games that your offense yeah. is going to score. I'm, I'm just concerned that this team is not going to be able to outscore their problems. I think during the regular season they will. So you, you do? You, you think? But not the postseason? Not the postseason. Yeah. Because the regular season, I, I've seen it. Regular season, you can you can have a great offense and a uh, sus pitching staff Ooh. and still, still make the postseason. Then when you get to the postseason, those teams are the first bounce. Also, though, you have these two guys that you can build around and a division that's, again, there for the taking. What do you mean? <laughs> Come on. You don't like what you're seeing out of the Reds? They're three and one, Michelle. Of course, they beat on the Pirates a True. couple of times, but um, still three and one. No, you're right. The division's terrible. Absolutely terrible. Also, did Marsh give us a little Tony La Russa? It's the first week of the season. It's there. the first week of the season. You played that earlier, in fact. I did. Play nice. one for Michelle too, because I, I think Jamie. That. I think Jamie heard it, but Michelle wasn't on the on the program yet. By the way, the Angels are three and one. They dropped the opener, and everybody made fun of them because it's like Shohei Otani dominates, but they lose two to one. Yeah, and they've won three straight. And they've got this kid. He, he pitched last night. Reed Detmers, twenty three years old. I don't know. Maybe the Angels won't be as bad as we think, guys. I don't want to hear about it. Oh, okay. It's the first week of the season. There we there go. You go. <laughs> there Anyways, you go. Uh, Anthony, I, I will find it disappointing, though, to answer the question. I will find it disappointing if they do not win a World Series with Goldie and Arnado. Of course, this is St. Louis. We talk about World Series championships. 
Not I'll NL, be disappointed not NL Central, if they the don't win banners. a wild card round this year. I know. I know you were. They're going to win the World Series this year. Whoa, Come on. Michelle. Anthony, didn't you tell me that we just have to believe? A hundred percent, yes. And when you speak, I listen, buddy. Thank you, Michelle. You're welcome. Fellow Italian sister there. <laughs> Do we need a Ted Lasso believe sign yeah. before we walk into this yes. studio every day? I think I you'd be a mistake if you didn't, quite frankly. Yeah, I mm-hmm. think we should maybe whip one of those up. Whip one of those up, Marsh. Okay. What you missed, criticisms, compliments, next. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. If you missed anything from today's show, make sure you download the podcast. Available at 101ESPN.com or your 101 ESPN mobile app. All brought to you by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Our thanks again to Michelle Smallman filling in for the last two hours for Jamie Rivers. Michelle, you're going to be back with us on Thursday. Same thing, 4 to 6. And then all day on Friday, you're going to be hosting with Jamie Rivers. That's right. You're going to get your fill of me by the end of the week, boys. Absolutely. Looking forward to that. Michelle does a great job. Uh, Michelle, when are you on the network again? No, not for a minute, guys, because I'm coming home. I'm oh, going to be right. home, you're be home in St. For a Louis bit. for a few weeks. That's right. So, well, enjoy your time with your mom over the next couple of days. Thank you. Mom's meeting celebrities out there in New York City. Good stuff. Uh, but yeah, Michelle's going to be with us live. You're going to be you're going to be live Thursday and Friday, correct? Thursday and Friday in studio. I'll be at the Missouri Athletic Club for the College Basketball Writers Dinner. Looking forward to that. Um, and maybe on the morning show too. I think I might be popping on the opening drive. So nice. You'll see me around various venues in St. Louis talking sports. Excellent. Uh, the homegrown product, Michelle Smallman, here. In the fast lane on 101 ESPN. All right, Marsh, criticisms and compliments. What do you got, kid? Yeah, uh, real quick from the 636. My wife was yelling at the radio when y'all were talking about the pitch clock. Absolutely hilarious. She was yelling at us? I guess she must not like the pitch clock. No, I don't or know. she does like it. Maybe she does. Maybe I'm she just going to agree choose... with what I was saying. I don't know. I'm going to yeah. choose to say, uh, I'm going to go positive on this. I think she was yelling how much she loves the pitch clock. I would be interested to hear from people who don't like the pitch clock or I think the bigger bases is something that we as viewers and observers aren't going to really notice other than, you know, the, the results at the end of the season. Right. Um, but I, and I think the shift thing, too, I, so far, it's been great seeing, seeing more action uh, in the games. But I would be interested to hear from people who have a dissenting opinion on the new rules like Marsh. Well, That's right. More of more of the marsher, the marshes of the world. Yeah, we did have a, a few texters texting in saying that the pitch clock is great for when you're watching a game on TV. However, they don't necessarily like it when they're at the game because it sort of speeds up the experience. I, I could see oh, like that. You. I think that's a good. I think that's yeah. a good point. They were in lockstep with me. There you go. Loved it. So, <laughs> uh, from the three one four, be a good human. That's right. Also, That's right. Michelle is a legend, and when she is on the fast lane, you tune in and listen. Darn right. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. Michelle, so, sorry that I got angry today. <laughs> don't ever apologize for that. Not on this show. You're spitting true fire. Keep up that passion. Thank oh, you. I will. If you're wondering if uh, what Michelle was yelling about, again, check out the podcast. We got a just a 
Not a criticism, not a uh, compliment. Oh, I guess it is a compliment. It's just, Lisa, have an awesome night. Stephen Matz, do your job, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> the old Bill Belichick, just do your job. She went Belichick on him. I yeah, love it. Yeah, she did. All right, there you have it. Is that so, it, Marsh? No, we got one more. Sit from the 636. Uh, this was when we were talking about the fans in the Anthony Rendon situation. Uh, from the 636, sorry people suck. Uh, I think the show is great for what it's worth. Now you all do a great job. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, yeah I don't think people would say I mean, some people. Look, I, I, my thing is, is this. And, Michelle, you brought up the fact that we get paid uh, to be critical sometimes yes. of, of athletes. I have never, ever, ever thought, well, it's not fair for, for listeners to be critical of us. They have every opportunity to be critical of us. To yes. we, we try not to make it personal with the athlete. Exactly. As long as somebody's not making it personal with us, I'm all for it. Go for it. See, and that is exactly right. We're not calling athletes names, so people shouldn't call us names either. It's exactly. just a, a general societal thing. Let's just not make it personal. Exactly. Jake Woodford's performance wasn't very good yet last night. You may have right. said to you know, Anthony's performance sucked today. Mm-hmm. Hey, Anthony, can I get fine. a selfie? Absolutely, Marsh, anytime. That's Andrew Marsh. That's Michelle Smallman. I'm Anthony Salter. We'll be back tomorrow at 2 o'clock. You get the Blues pregame show. Alex Ferrario taking over in a couple of minutes. We will see you. You've been listening to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.